When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. Here it comes again, lunch. Will it be the same old, same old? Or are you ready to take a vacation from the ordinary with the new Jamaican Jerk Turkey Sub at Firehouse Subs? Freshly sliced smoked turkey breast, craveably sweet mustard sauce, and a hint of Caribbean seasoning. Just $5.55 for a medium. Save time. Order the new Jamaican Jerk Turkey Sub on the Firehouse Subs app. Firehouse Subs. Enjoy more subs. Save more lives. Participating locations, limited time only, plus tax. Prices may vary for delivery. This podcast is a member of the Voices of Wrestling podcasting network. Visit VoicesOfWrestling.com to hear the rest of our great podcasts, as well as show reviews, columns, opinions, and updates across the world of wrestling. オーデミが揃えるとは申しませんはやたいヨエグミ初防衛成功ノアのメンバーそしてボーエするんだと強い気持ちを話していたはやたいヨエグミ9分20秒バンブードラゴンフライ終了されていますヘイボスエンドマー
it's it's amazing to see omakase grow in such numbers i remember when it was just you and me just having a wee bit of banter condemning ghetto to hell and now it's grown into such a great brand and i love it and i'm glad to be here today to talk again especially and with dylan the other guest yes yeah, <laughs> our first i was going to introduce him but thank you our just in case people um you know clicked on this podcast randomly we have Dylan here from Eastern Lariat on here for the very first time. Um, Dylan, first of all, it's awesome to have you on here. Um, thank you very much for coming on. John, I'm so happy to be here, especially with you and Connor. I, and I listened to that episode myself. I think I've listened to pretty much all of your episodes, to be honest with you. I, I'm, I'm pretty sure. I, I definitely listened to last week's with Rich, talking about the Hall of Fame and, and everything. But I, it's just a beautiful thing to be on. I couldn't wait to be on with Connor. I know. I think we talked about this right when the podcast started to be coming on at some point. But I'm so happy to do it with Connor too. Yeah, yeah uh, we, it really is like to, three hundred brothers. Right? <laughs> we have to give credit to Connor because he was the one. Like, like I, I've talked about this before. Sometimes I come up with the idea for the episode and the guest. Sometimes the guests come to me. In this case, it was Connor being like, "Well, Noah's having their big show. Do you want to talk some Noah?" And I was yes. like, "Sure." And I was like, do you have anybody else in mind too? Since um, I'm probably, you know, I, I'm not the, I haven't watched every Noah show this year. So it'd be nice to have somebody else who knows their stuff. And Connor maybe suggested Dylan. So it all came together. Yes, this is full disclosure, people. Everyone listening across the world, when John said that someone approached him last week, he neglected to mention that it was a big boy himself, me, that did it. And it was about Noah. And now you know. There you know the backstory to this. That's, that's, that's great information. I also, I also want to just uh, not to interrupt you, Connor, but I also want to thank you, John, for your great hype up job at the end of the last week of me coming on. I, I really appreciate that. <laughs> I always I, try know, to, I always try to give like the extra big hype, the hype session at the end. Although I was, it was good that I, I finally got to hype somebody and actually had them come on the following week. Because like the first, <laughs> time, the first three times I hyped Rich, it was like, well, he didn't show up, so. Hey, listen, when the podcast Tuxedo Mask gets called on, he's there <laughs> for you every time. Yeah. <laughs> um, my favorite Tuxedo Mask, I think, like, image of all time is, like, that just a set up and then walking away and be like, you know, uh, I don't remember what exactly we said, but you're welcome, Sailor Moon, or something. And Sailor Moon's just like, dot, 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 but you didn't do anything. <laughs> that basically sums up every tuxedo mask appearance. It's like Rose, yeah. and then I'm and now I'm useless. Okay, Sailor Moon, kill the kill the monster because I can't do anything else but throw the fucking rose. Listen, how dare you disparage the name of the tuxedo mask during my he, opinion? He's a human distraction. That's all he is. It's like I'm gonna distract the monster with my rose. Okay, now you do all the work. Like, what else does he ever do? Listen, listen. It's not about the action itself it's like um um it's him him he's a metaphor for saving the world really, when you think about it and looking stylish as you do it like rick the model martel it's not what you do it's how you look doing it and i think i'm very much like that as well because my podcast and on my other podcast appearances i don't do a lot but i i look good while I do it. so i think that's what i bring to the table here i don't even watch noah i don't know anything about wrestling i just want to <laughs> I'm just gonna now, make a point and hope I get it right. Now, much. I, now, I'm not sure what what uh, what this what that brings to an audio based uh, medium, but that's good. 
I actually got an email one time with someone asking, saying I was the best looking person on MLW and asking if I was single. And that got me into a lot of hot water <laughs> with my romantic interest who was listening at the time. But um, yeah, I, I'm very happy to be on this show just because someone actually gets Tuxedo Mask. Because on my own show, Stringer doesn't know anything about uh, saying. Say, I mean, if you, if you drop like, like, especially 90s and 2000s, like anything on a, a weave from that period would know. You drop those references, and I'm going to get them immediately. So you never have to worry about that in Omakaze. This is a very anime-friendly zone. It's this an anime-safe Dylan, Dylan, I forget. Do you like Kendo Kashin? Uh, I've never heard of him. I don't know what you're talking about. Because <laughs> he's no, the no. wrestling version of Tuxedo Mask, isn't he? <laughs> that, is a, that is a perfect comparison. You are absolutely Yes, I am a big fan of Kendo Kashin. In fact, I have to <laughs> that I, he's one of my favorite of all time. Uh, I actually, I think yeah, when we were talking about Halloween costumes last year, Joe Lanza of the flagship, quote unquote, uh, actually said that. <laughs> I'm sure he doesn't know anything about Sailor Moon either. But, um, I, I can get down with that to podcast Kendo Kashin, but it doesn't have the same ring to it, you know, for a nickname. So I was thinking. Yeah. Tuxedo mask is it has a certain cachet with a certain type of person, so I'm definitely exactly. that type of person. Um, okay, so the main reason why we're here today, surprisingly, not to talk about Sailor Moon, but to talk about Pro Wrestling Noah: The Great Voyage 2017 in Yokohama, Volume Two. Uh, this was Volume back two. on October 1st, 2017. Um, the uh, Yokohama Bunka Gymnasium, they claimed 2,274. Um, I think most people agree there's probably more like, you know, like 18 or 1,900, but still not too bad for Noah in 2017, honestly. I mean, often struggles to draw 800 in Kurikin, so I don't know. I was, I, the crowd looked, it, it looked fine. It, it looked better than I expected, I guess. Yeah, I think it, yeah, go, on, go, you go ahead. Uh, say it seems like a minor victory for Noah at this point was really what I was going to say. You know, you could say compare it to whatever you want, but for Noah right now, I, I think it was a good crowd for what it was. And we'll talk about how they reacted and what they added to the show a little later. But for a number, I think it was pretty good. Mm -hmm, mm -hmm. Well, I would say right off the bat, as far as attendance goes, especially with like just in general small promotions such as Noah or Wrestle One, is that. Attendance numbers, we get so hung up on them sometimes. We get so hung up on looking at all the empty seats out there that we forget that what's central to a good crowd is how hot it is. Mm. And I found this crowd to be active. I found it to be hot. And even if there were some empty seats, I wouldn't care because um, I'll be focusing on what's in the ring. You know what I'm saying? Yeah. So, uh, yeah. Maybe, like, not the highest attendance, but the crowd liked it the crowd enjoyed it so i mean yeah, i was in i was in the crowd at uh for that note for the noah's Kurkin show on my trip to japan in august and like you know again very small crowd it's probably like i don't i don't remember what the number ended up being like 800 or something but the crowd the people that were there were super into the wrestlers they were into especially yohei and the main event when he was Ooh, yeah, yeah. like they were so into yohei and like you know I, I'd rather have 800 screaming fans than like 1,500 bored fans, but I'm sure Noah doesn't agree because they probably like money. This 
So honestly, more than I expected, to be honest with you, even from announced. I expected under 2,000, and who knows what the real number would be. But for this, like you said, I think they did about – I don't think they were complaining too bad about this. Yeah, <clears throat> I'm sure it was fine. Um, we'll see if they can build some momentum because it was – you know, we'll, we'll get into it match by match. But I think overall, like, this was a really enjoyable show. Um, yeah, I, don't know how, I don't know how you guys felt about it, but, like, I just I just watched it last night, and I thought it was, like um, – it, it was not it's, it's it's a very long show obviously which you know 11 matches almost four hours but it never dragged for me at all and mm-hmm. i i thought it was i thought it was extremely enjoyable yeah dude once i like uh stopped watching it you know uh just my love for noah was justified the strain i have for Uchida, like that was justified and so uh yeah just like very enjoyable show we'll get into it match by match and we'll see exactly why we think that way Yep, I, I totally agree with you guys, and I like you, Connor. I really have to give props for Uchida. Despite any sort of criticism you want to give Noah, you could see throughout the year, and we may talk about this a little more, but he's always trying different things and really setting up different things and new things for the company. He's never just resting and just letting things go as they are. He keeps trying, and he wants to make this work, and all the wrestlers do, because you can tell, no matter what you want to say, the effort in the ring is always there. And I think you'll agree with me, Connor, watching all of these shows, that the effort is always there for these guys. And that's what makes me really love Noah and makes it one of my favorite companies. Up and down the card, you never get somebody slacking, usually, unless it's like, in a way. But that doesn't count. Absolutely. <laughs> No, don't talk shit about anyway, okay? We'll get to that. But he had a really <laughs> fucking he had a really fucking funny comedy match with Ogawa at the show I went to. Like that was oh, actually dude. one of my one of my highlights of the show. Do you, do you remember that match, uh, Connor? If you saw that, that was show? a great match. Okay, that was an absolutely fun match. I yeah. loved it. Love Masao in a way. I wouldn't accept any slander of him. Well, I, I, don't, I will never say anything bad about Ikeda, so he deserves it sometimes. So I have, so I apologize in a way, but even he can have and be valuable to this roster is what we're getting at. <laughs> yeah. Um, but yeah, I mean, overall, very good show. And, it, you know, it, it, it's, it, it scratched a lot of itches for me as far as, like, uh, pure SU tropes and, like, stuff I really, I'm really into in general when it comes to Japanese wrestling. When you have, like, you know, the guest stars the foreigners, the outsiders, like up and down the card. That's always been one of my favorite things about Japanese wrestling is how much they're willing to mix and match and bring in different people, especially for like these big shows. So, you know. And most was... importantly, they had Leona losing his match as well. <laughs> yes. We'll get to that, but that was hilarious after all that built up. Let my yeah. boy suffer. Um, <laughs> but all right, so let's start with the opening contest, which was Juta Miyawaki, Masa Inoue, and Tadasuke against Ashley Istria? Istria? Istria. And yep. Seiya Morahashi and Yoshinari Ogawa. Um, of course, Ogawa's team gained the victory in about five and a half minutes. Don't really have a time to say about this. It was it was there. It existed. First of all, John, could I ask you a bit more, Hashi? Because he's a DDT guy, right? Uh, uh, yeah. Yes, he, although he's not, isn't he? Is is he DDT main roster? I thought he's more like Becerra. Like I like I like I looked him up beforehand, and like a bunch of stuff was like those King of Dark title matches. But I was wondering if he oh. like real odd. I'm not sure what to make of him. Yeah. Oh, okay, you're right. I'm looking at his. Yeah, he was in. He left DDT. Um, yeah, at last November. Um, I don't. Yeah, I don't. I don't. He didn't make a big impression on me. I have to be honest. I think you know he was more of a Union Pro guy. 
That's where that's where he oh, spent most of his time. And then like in DDT, like you said, he was in King of Dark, and he was kind of like um, not a main roster guy. He's kind of a guy I think that like decided to take a chance and go to Noah because you know it's not like he was really getting that much work in DDT. Other than like you know, if if, if he had continued on after Union Pro, it would have been like Basara, you know, so um, or Basara. But yeah, I mean, he never made much of an impression on me. I can't really say. <laughs> like as a DDT right. fan, I was like, "Oh no, Seiya Morihashi is gone!" Like it, it really, <laughs> that really didn't happen. So, yeah, yeah. what did you guys think of uh, Miyawaki here with his orange? Obviously, we had Kobashi uh, on commentary here, and I think they are trying to give him the same color clo- color coded style with the orange. But man, his his drop kicks were horrible in this match. I have to say, mm-hmm. and it's something I can relate to because I too used to throw awful drop kicks when I wrestled. So what I did was I stopped doing them. And I think that's, I think that's what he should do. Like if there, and there's no shame in a drop kick, so it can be, you know, they're one of those things. So everybody has something they, they're not that good at. But I, it's bad. It's worse if you keep doing it and keep doing them terribly. So the, his drop kicks I thought were like one of the worst things I saw on this whole show. But besides mm-hmm. <laughs> that, uh, Morihashi sold well. Tadasuke looked pretty good. Tadasuke uh, always looks pretty good. He's always he's one of these guys that like, like the first time I saw him was like on a Jakarta King of Trios yes, I went to, yes. and he was fucking awesome. Like even yeah. back then. So I don't know. I like he, Tadasuke. Yeah, he's really good. I, I, I've always wondered why he never got more of a more of a shot. But um, spo- to spoil something later on, it looks like he's going to get a big match here shortly. So that, yeah, that we'll, talk, we'll talk more, we'll talk more about like uh, Tadasuke when we get to rattles in general. But yeah, yeah, it's, yeah. Uh, it's really fucking good. Yeah, I mean, they, no, it, ever, dating back to like when they originally picked up Ohara and Kano, they've been they've they've done good at like mining these uh, small junior indies for talent. So I think that's a good that's a good path for them because you know, that, and now they've continued on to this day with like Dove Pro and stuff. So yeah. True. I will say one thing that we skipped over was the opening video package. Uh, we saw a uh, they had an extended clip of Leona and Fujinami uh, doing <laughs> yes yes together. Uh, looked like and I, I, it was I, lovely. Yeah. What did you say about that? It was lovely. It was lovely. Okay. It was. It definitely was. And I also wanted to say that I really love Noah's pre-show theme music uh, for their their music videos because it definitely fits on basically. Any late '90s Japanese-made video game closing video, I think, from like Star- yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> to like Brave Fencer Musashi, I feel like that definitely has that vibe to it. Oh man, we're getting yeah. some these real weeb hours here with these, yeah. with these references. Like, well, just for you, when I put those notes down. <laughs> what I wanted to say about this match was I noticed actually Istria. Because I've seen him a lot as a young boy, just like on the outside, and uh, this is the first time I saw him wrestle. And let me tell you something: I wasn't impressed. Um, I like I sort of find with a lot of like foreigners in Japan who come over from maybe like around those areas of maybe Europe or like America, they have this sort of affected charisma, this affected arrogance, and um, it's bad enough in like their native lands where in like it'll come off as, like, you know, I'm not actually this way, I'm just trying to come off as charismatic. And in Japan, it sticks to, like, a sore thumb. Yeah. I sort of got that of him. 
And as well as that, he doesn't keep stuff simple. He was going for fucking La Mystica in this match when he's supposed <laughs> to be a young boy, you know what I'm saying? And then like, he fucked up taking a missile drop kick from uh, Miyawaki as well. And then also his, theme, his pose is stupid, so I hate him. Oh, you hate him already? Yeah. Get that a little hard. No. <laughs> <laughs> he, had that, he had that unique inverted exploder. That he busted out of this match. Very young boy move. Young boy move. They feel the need to have him for this exploding buster thing. <laughs> yes. The, the exploding buster thing is, is the name of the move now. Uh, exploding buster thing. Whatever happened to a Boston Crab, huh? But we're, we're talking a lot. We're, we might be talking longer than this match actually like occurred. That, so yeah, no. we should probably move on to the, yeah. the second match, which the Von Eric boys. Marshall and, Ro- and Ross Von Eric defeating Daisuke Akeda and Kano. 555. Um, Akeda losing to one of the Von Erics. I don't, would anyone know which one? I think it was Marshall. Marshall. Okay. So it was, yeah, with Marshall. the claw, of course. Um, oh. First of all, I, I love Kano. Um, it upset me a little bit to see him in such a, in such a like nothing role on the show. Kano and O'Hara, they're like, they're, I stand for them going way back as a, as a tag yes. team. So, you know, it hurt me a little bit to see them both in nothing roles on the show, but what are you going to do? Um, as far as, like, Akeda goes, like, you know, he's he's a guy who's always there for, you know, he was such a constant during my original Noah fandom. You know, when he, like, the, the, like, during the boom period, he he was always around as a mid-card guy. And, you know, the Akeda and Yone tag team, was always kind of fun, and you know they, they got that one little little run where they challenged. I remember they, I think they had a challenge against Osawa and Ogawa, if I remember correctly. Yes. That was really good, and you know they're always around, so it's always cool to see him come back. Mm-hmm. Um, but yeah, I mean this was just you know it was the Von Eric boys. It was fine. It wasn't really anything that special. Mm-hmm. Um. What I thought about this match was I was really fucking hyped to see Akira because <laughs> I love him, as, as I'm sure we all do here. Yeah. Uh, and the thing was, see, when the match ended, I was not a happy boy. I wanted Akira to actually do stuff instead of just getting pinned in five minutes by an iron claw. <laughs> However, I realized afterwards that he's old and he came back to Noah probably not with the intention of doing anything serious, but just to make some more money. So I am fine with his current status. Yeah, well, and he has his own thing going too. So yeah, Futen Bati Bati. Yeah. <laughs> yes. Uh, I look at this whole match, this whole thing here. Watching Ikeda, one of Battle Arts finest, my favorite company of all time. Watching him like this makes me physically ill. <laughs> tag team. Keno. His whole gimmick is that Keno hates him and doesn't want to be his partner because he's such a, he's such a geek. <laughs> like that's how he played this in his match, and it was very funny a couple of times. But yes, Keno is great and will always be great. The uh, there was a, a hilarious miscommunication between the Von Erics at one point where Marshall hit a standing moonsault, yes. and Ross, Ross bravely attempts a standing <laughs> shooting star press that turns into an, a senton, and he doesn't get all the way. Yeah, it was shit. Yeah, it was horrible. Uh, but Keno, he has great theme music as well, So, and he threw some great kicks here. He really deserves a lot better. 
And I think that's what we can say about this. Yeah, Ken, I love Kenel's theme song too. I have to say, it's a great theme song. The when he was leaving at the end, just like there's a shot of him like just turning and walking away in disgust, like whatever. Yeah. Like like he basically is like I don't give a shit. You got panned, old man. I'm fucking leaving. Like it's just very the way he just kind of like stormed off. It was like really funny. Yeah. You know what's the thing about Keno that I don't get? Like, okay, so Keno hates Uchida, and every single time he comes in the ring, he throws his coat at Uchida, and just like, hey, fuck you, Uchida, and all that. I I, I would think Uchida has authority over Noah. He could just say to Keno, hey, you can't uh, bring a coat to the ring anymore. You're just going to throw over me in my nice blazer. Why can't he just make coats illegal for Keno? Keno's probably thinking, I had more fun wrestling at zero one. Uh, people have fun wrestling zero. That's such an insult. I don't think he actually thinks that, but I, <laughs> if they want to turn that storyline, they could. Yeah, he just says yeah. it to hurt Akita his heart. Exactly. Akita knows what everybody knows what a big insult that is. <laughs> yes. uh, all right. So, Matt three. Are, so, are either one of you Impact watchers? I am a huge no. Global Force Wrestling fan, John. I've seen every one of their matches. Is that uh, really, that's not really true, is it? No. This was literally my first time ever seeing Eli Drake. And mm-hmm. so he comes, this, this music hits. It's just him saying, Eli Drake. Oh, I hated that. Yes. I'm like, okay, so his entrance song is just him saying his own name. That, that's a great start already. Then he comes out and it's like, wow. So yeah. it's another like six foot two, six foot three, completely yeah. average in every way, generic white dude. Like, <laughs> what a fucking shock that they would make him their champion. It's like basically between him and Magnus and EC3 and even Bobby Roode, it's like basically the same fucking guy in a four different forms has been champion of Impact Wrestling for the better part of seven years. It's like, at, at some point, do you think maybe you try, I don't know, like, just try a big fat heel for a while. Like, yeah, just, yeah. Go get, just go get a massive fat man and make him your champion. Just do something different, Impact. I'm begging you to try something different with this than just the same generic white man. Like, if you are a completely average, well-built, six-foot-two white guy, polish up that resume because you'll soon be Impact Wrestling Champion yeah. like two, in, like, two fucking years. But well, I don't know. Eli Drake's, Eli Drake's gimmick in Impact is that he names dummies. Like, he yes. he calls out the dummies. So uh, I, that's unique. You got to give us some props there, I think. What, what is that? Those, I, don't, I, don't even, I don't even get it. He well, calls out it? dummies, people who are dumb. Okay. Obviously. I don't, I don't Drake, understand. Yeah. I just I, all I got out of this match is he just kept saying his name repeatedly, and I'm like, this is that really his gimmick? He's a Pokemon. He just said yeah. his own name repeatedly. Like, that was fucking terrible. Yeah. So yeah, I mean, Cody Hall is Cody Hall. He's he's a big guy. He tries hard. He's not very good. Um, just went like, I mean, okay. I will say it's hilarious that your that Impact Wrestling's world title was on the line in match three of a Noah show in a five minute match. Like, that is objectively hilarious. But um, but yeah, I don't. There's really not much to say about this. As as for the match itself, uh, Dylan, I'm gonna do my best Microman Fever impersonation here. This match wasn't very good. It never really picked up, and. Uh, they're just terrible. <laughs> oh man, why? 
Well, I can't believe it. Microman Fever, you're here. <laughs> I, I, you <laughs> fooled me with that one. But yeah, uh, <laughs> in my notes, I actually wrote, the wrestlers had more instances of saying their own names than actual wrestling moves. <laughs> <laughs> I gave it uh, a cool one star. I went all the way up to one and a half star. So wow. I missed I thought you would like it because Eli won with the Schwine. Uh, uh, no, that's not. That was not a reason I would like it. Actually, oh, yeah. <laughs> I also I noticed that Noah Crowd tried to chant "Let's go, Cody." Uh, they couldn't yeah. get the L quite all the way because obviously the Japanese and English language barrier. But yeah. I just put yeah. bless the Noah Crowd for firing up for Cody. <laughs> <laughs> They're like, "That's our white guy." <laughs> yeah, I was disgusted at that. I hate anyone who supports Cody Hall. Good point. <laughs> Uh, he, he's so awkward in everything he does in, in all seriousness. He's just a really awkward the way he moves at that middle rope climb up that he did into his splash, it looked like a sack of potatoes. Like, listen, this is a direct message to Cody Hall. I know you're listening, you motherfucker. You think you're so fucking cool coming in the ring like that? Fuck off. It looks <laughs> terrible. Stop doing it. <laughs> oh, wow. He had cool theme music, I thought. I don't know what song that no, was. No, he doesn't. No, he doesn't. It's terrible. Wow. Connor is not here for it. Okay. I, I, listen, I, I'm not going to challenge you on this one, Connor. I can tell you're fired up about Cody Hall. I've, I've never seen someone this fired up over Cody, Cody before. I'm not used to it, so I'm sorry. Yeah, he's it's just a lifetime event. Someone caring about Cody Hall. <laughs> so anyway, and, and the same token, somebody caring about Impact Wrestling will be probably about the same in 2017. So. <laughs> uh, sorry, Garrett. Uh, match four, the <laughs> Hajime Ohara and Otomo Ninja defeating Garza Jr. and Hiroki. Um, what, do, what did you think of this match, uh, Dylan? You're like, you're, you're the, of the three of us, you're the one who's most likely to know the Luchadors. So yeah, yeah, I'm pretty familiar with both guys. Garza Jr. is kind of famous. He's very famous, actually, in his home. Yeah, I've heard, even, I've heard, even I've heard that name before. So. Yeah, but he's a spe- he's like an actual like a legit celebrity in his home uh, province of Monterrey in Mexico. He's like a legit celebrity, and so he's he's more like a um, a charisma character wrestler than a work rate wrestler. But he did some good stuff here. Ninja's more like a traditional luchador, and I think we probably saw that in this match. Uh, I I noted that Garza he showed sh- shades of Razor Ramon HG with his say that he worked <laughs> out to set up the, his pants so, rip off. So where is Ninja from, by the way? Like, is he also a Monterey guy? No, he's not Monterey. I, I believe he's from uh, northern Mexico, which is okay. a whole different area. But uh, Ninja is a, a really good wrestler, too, uh, I thought. And he did a move here where he uh, he leapt over the rope, the corner, over and over again, like five times in a row to set up a really big missile dropkick. He got super high up in the air. Yeah. I thought that was a fun, mm. but kind of goofy spot, but it was fun. Uh, and I noted that the crowd comes alive when O'Hara tags in the first time. And I wish they would have booked his tag, his uh, junior title reign a lot better. And that, that's what I was thinking. But really, when everyone broke out the nifty Lucha submissions to start, this was already the best match on the show by far. <laughs> I mean, like, really, what what is the competition? Really, that, oh, yeah. that fucking opener was the competition at this point. So, um, Listen, I'm I love those Lucha submissions so much. Ultimate like, <laughs> Ninja. Ultima Ninja, like first of all, his name is awesome. And then he has then he has shurikens going down one side of his tights, which is like like a impressive commitment to the whole ninja thing. So way to go, buddy. Um, yeah, yeah. He, he follows a he follows a long line of 
like vaguely Asian uh, luchadors. <laughs> yeah. Um, the- sorry, what were you gonna say? I uh, said all the ninjas in Lucha Libre. There actually is. There are many other ninjas. There's a ninja yeah. junior. He's horrible. <laughs> he's, he's much worse than Ultimo. Obviously, there's Dragon Lee now, which people know about. So. Uh, Connor, what'd you think of the match? Uh, what'd you think of the finish with the chair, too? Uh, no, the referee had no problems with this chair being introduced to this match. Well, of course you can't. Referees in Japan have honor. They can't just let something go to a DQ. But uh, yeah, I thought it was pretty cool. And I thought this match was just like, it was awesome, dude. It's like, I was just like, you know, watching this going nuts because, you know, like whenever... Um, Whenever Lucha guy, Lucha guys come over, and I felt that when like Mystical came over, Carisco rather came over for Old Japan like uh, over the summer, they sort of like bring their best, they bring their A game, and I really thought that here just with how fast paced it was, and like how you know the Japanese guys they could totally keep pace because they could just like they could just like jump ship to A AAA tomorrow and they wouldn't be out of place, you know what I'm saying? And uh, but yeah, it was a great match, and uh, I might as well like say right now that Hashimi O'Hara. You guys were linked to it, but he's one of the best parts of the Noir right now. Uh, as in, he was sort of basically how I got into it as far as 2017. Because uh, I saw, like, you know, uh, the picture of him, like, you know, like uh, fist bumping kids and, like, having these great matches. And also Milo being his best fan, shout out to Milo. And, uh, yeah, it was, like, he's, like, just, like, an amazing performer. And I'm glad that he... I'm sort of glad that he's still really consistently over that, you know, when he does the Moe BN, everyone chants along, everyone, like, you know, loves him, chants for him. And uh, Hiroki's okay, too. Yeah. The Luchadors the, <laughs> the always seem to try really hard in Japan. And I've heard, like, one of the big reasons is, like, if you can get, like, steady work there, even, like, spot work, because of the yeah. conversion rate, conversion rate back into, like, pesos or whatever, like, they they do much better than, like, the Americans, even. You know, because like Absolutely. a yen is worth more to them than it is even to Americans. So like they, but yeah, I mean they, they like when's the last time you saw a luchador in in Japanese wrestling and they like were dogging it or something? You know, like they always try super Norman hard. Scars. And they're, they're, I guess that would be it probably. But yeah, they try. They always try super hard and they always get over too. So like luchadors in yeah. Japanese wrestling is almost always great. Uh, I I also yes, noticed yes. Uh, go on, Connor. Uh, yeah, I saw your point. I just wanted to make that short of Milma Scarce because he's a lazy fuck. Yeah, that'd be like the only one I could think of, I guess. But... That's true. Last year, there was a wrestler named Argos in the Michinoku Pro tournament that went to Karistico. He's really bad. So Okay. There's... But, but see, is he dog here or is he just fucking terrible? Both, probably. Yeah. <laughs> um, I just wanted to point out after this match, they also teased. Uh, a thing with O'Hara where he disrespected Garza. After, Garza Ninja showed oh, yeah. respect and O'Hara. And Garza hilariously, in hilarious stoic fashion, gives him the middle finger, <laughs> which is like one of that the best. That was awesome. Yeah, that was awesome. I love that. Yeah. Uh, yeah. Hajime O'Hara is awesome. And like, again, this is one of those guys, you know, the, the first snow show I went to in 2016, where it was like the, it was a mini tournament. It was like one of the last shows that differ, or not one of the last shows, but like one. It was at different Ariaka. And, um, you know, the, the main thing was like a mini tournament for a number one contendership for the junior title. And O'Hara yeah. ended up winning it. And, like, he was so fucking over on that show. Like, the, the especially I remember thinking, like, the salary men, for some reason, really loved Hajime O'Hara. Like, he, he was getting, like, chants like crazy that entire night. 
So I don't, I don't know. They should do more with him, I think. But you know, yeah, actually, my other show on Easter Lariat when uh, at the start of the year when they had Kino and the, him break up, kind of for Kino to go heavyweight. I actually thought O'Hara was the more over of their tag team, and uh, yeah, I thought for sure, great heavyweight if they wanted to go there with him. I, I think he was. He they had a lot with him, uh, earlier in the year. Yeah. So, but this was this yeah, was a good match, you know. Good yeah, it's great. The first real, the first match I recall, like good on the show actually, but it's cool. Mm-hmm. Um, yeah. The next match had Minoru Tanaka, a guy I've, I've always loved. Yes, um, I was yeah. so happy I got to see him against Mochizuki last year. I mean, like he just yeah, yeah. that was like a dream. So I was really, you know, just getting to see Minoru Tanaka live. Um, so here he comes, and I'm loving this whole thing now, where he's just doing every fucking Japanese promotion on earth now. So it's yeah, great. It's this whole the whole touring Tanaka thing is great, and his opponent was uh, Hitoshi Kamano, who still, he looks like a Japanese toddler who got hit with a growth ray, like five he minutes. <laughs> like wow. he looks, he has that face, you know, like he looks yeah. like a baby, but. I don't know. Like, like I'm just wondering like, if he's ever gonna stop looking like a giant overgrown baby. It's it works yeah. for him now. So I, well, I know it's a bit Commando's physique. It's like he's a he's a big bulky boy, but yeah. it's in the way where he does look like a baby. It looks like how a baby has like bulky arms. Yeah, it hasn't like right? fully toned yet. It's no one will, very no strange, one will convince me he is not a toddler hit by a growth ray. That's my theory on Kamano. Yeah. <laughs> um, but yeah, don't look at this match. This was a really fun ten minute match. I liked it a lot. Um, yeah. know, I'm I'm biased because I like both guys a lot, but yeah, it was it was really good. I did, the finish was hilarious though because like you know they announced you know Ju Ju whatever and like oh. and then like immediately Tanaka hits that kick to the head, locks on the minute special, cap out in like two seconds. It was like ten minutes as yeah. long as that motherfucker. I I have like a date with a drink or something because I'm getting the fuck out of here. Like yeah. I've never seen someone go from Jupu Keka to um to like a finish that fast. Um, like that was amazing. So like he just he heard the ten minute announcement and that was it. Like he was finishing this fucking match. But yeah, 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 yeah man. Uh, I first of all I think building up to this, Kumano called himself the Noah Gatekeeper, <laughs> which I think is funny to call yourself a gatekeeper. <laughs> You know, it's not, it's not a good look, you know. But uh, this match was actually uh, simple, but very well worked. The crowd was biting for both men by the end with the torture rack spot that they built up to with the back work from Kumano, arm work from Tanaka. Like you said, the great jumping kick into an arm bar that was a near tap that led to Kumano's desperation roll-up. And then Tanaka just locked out yeah. the door again. And I thought it was really good. The only thing I would do different, I actually had this at three and three quarters. I really like this match. Mm. And but the only thing I would do different is, is I wish they'd bring in Kanemoto too. Yeah. Oh my God, that'd be so awesome. I know. Can you imagine Kanemoto and Tanaka as the junior stars again or whatever? Was that, that was your team, right? Russell one? Yeah. Yeah. yeah, yeah. So like they, yeah, they'd be a great addition to the new tag division. So yeah, they should, yeah. They should do that. Um, yeah. Like, yeah, yeah this, I, I gave this like three and a half. I I liked it a lot too. It was really good. I so. gave it a rating of I liked it, uh, <laughs> and like man, this this was awesome too. Like uh, I, I sort of think about the show. It's like 
you know, it was never a thing where you got like an oversaturation of like, you know, King's Road or Arc Style or for fucking term you decide to you say to call your style. Like there's so much diversity. You had the looks of stuff and then you had this like uh, you know, this sort of like match here where it's very fast paced and like in the last minute just went fucking crazy, you know what I'm saying? Like just like beautifully built up to it. Um like Minoru Tanaka, he's he's always gonna be good. It's like it's not his looks that are timeless, just it's also his skills as well. Um and Hidoshi Kamano, the thing about him is for a long time, especially when he was just like, you know, uh, officially still a young lion, like just sort of like goofing around like he was didn't really stick out to me but since he you know joined up with O'Hara to become the backbreakers he's starting to show like more signs of you know not only like competence but also like he's standing out and so I thought that was really good for him too like this was just yeah it's a great match you got anything you want to add about it uh, Dylan uh yeah, it was just a really well worked match. Like, like I said, it's just really simple, but they kept they kept it simple. But they did everything good. That, that's what I liked about it. And Tanaka to me is just a boon to the junior divisions right, right now in Noah. Yeah, I mean he's a boon yeah. everywhere he's gone. So you know, I mean I like them a lot in all Japan too. So yeah, yeah. his match with Sato uh, in all Japan was awesome. Yeah, yes. yeah that, match, yes. that match that yes. match fucking rolled. But yeah, uh, but Sato Hikaru Sato's great though, Joe. Yeah. yeah. There's a Hikaru Sato pro zone here. I don't yeah, exactly. care if she gets this blackballed off of Voice of the Wrestling. Hikaru Sato, good. Yeah. <laughs> Greed Sato is the man. He's always been one of the greatest. Yeah. <laughs> um, so the next match, a six man tag team match uh, Akatashi Saito, Maybach Tanaguchi, and Shiro Kozunaka defeating Leona. Mitsuya Nagai and Tatsumi Fujinami in 10.08. Um, first of all, just all that buildup with Leona getting beaten and beaten and beaten and beaten. He's like, I'm going to bring my dad in now. And then he loses clean again and gets pinned. I laughed, so, I laughed so hard I almost cried. I don't know why. I just didn't. I thought Fujinami was going to like pin Kojinaka or something. Like, I don't know. Or Saito or somebody. Like, just I didn't think they were building all that up for Leona to get pinned again. I just like I almost died laughing when I saw that. I, I somehow managed to like watch this entire show unspoiled too, which was amazing. Yes. So, like, yeah, I just didn't see that coming at all, and I was I was very amused. Mm-hmm. Um, but yeah, I don't know, this was this was whatever. I mean, I was I was also amused by the fact that like Saito and Shiro, you know, Shiro Kozunaka both had these matching like ugly puke yellow tights, and Maybach was just like, "Fuck you, I'm not doing that." Yeah, <laughs> <laughs> like I'm not wearing fucking yellow tights. Fuck off. Uh, yeah, Saito and Koshinaka were representing Heisei Ishingun, which yes, is their oh, own. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. yeah, their old stable with the pajamas that I call them that they wore out to the ring. Uh, yeah. yeah. So, the so they were. So, so I knew it. I knew Koshinaka was in that. I totally forgot Saito was in that. Yeah, yeah. 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 Adding member, my friend. Oh, wow. uh, well, I, 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 I have to admit, not, like that was not my wheelhouse as a fan. Nineties New Japan it was more like yeah, two thousand early two thousands New Japan is kind of where I came in. But I'm yeah. I'm aware the unit existed. That's so, yeah. pajamas yeah. back in the day. So that's what they were wearing. They were wearing Heisei Ishigun outfits. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. I mean, they should have, but still, they could have been like, "Hey, Maybach, you gotta wear one of these too." And he's just like, "Fuck off." Well, I'll say this about Maybach: those leather fetish pants he's got. Must go, and I say that someone, I say that as someone who owns similar pants myself. But they've got <laughs> that's all I'm saying about the the leather pants Maybach was wearing. Hey man, 
Come on. <laughs> okay, first of all, we have we have number one Maybach stand here on the line. So, yeah. so Connie, you gotta, you gotta defend okay. your boy. Okay, you know what? I'll just get right to it. Maybach Taniguchi, he should be on the Wrestling Observer Newsletter Awards Most Improved Over the Year. One of the best tag people in the business right now. And I say that with cross to my heart uh, on my mother's grave. Uh, he's just amazing. And that he's on such a minimal role is a bit criminal. Um, and I love his attire. Especially those wristbands he has that never stay on. I mean, I'm gonna, I'm, <laughs> I love it. I'm gonna find a way to vote for him. I think, like, I that that match he had at the start of the year already. You know, the the tag title match for the January Osaka show. That was fucking. Like, yes, that that's probably my Noah match of the year still. That was an amazing match. Um, that was amazing. Yeah. And then, like, you know, the show I went to, he had a really, really good singles match with Ghost Yozaki on a, you know, in a, in a spot where like. I didn't really expect the two of them to try that hard, but like they, they chopped the shit out of each other. They brought all yeah. over the crowd. It was like really fun. So like Maybach, I'm gonna, I'm definitely gonna give him a, like either maybe my number one spot, maybe my number two spot. But like he deserves the most improved vote. He's he's had a, you know, it took him until he was like 41 or whatever. But I think he's finally a pretty good pro wrestler. As I, 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 I say, I totally agree with you, Connor. Maybach is really underrated. He has he suffers from a lot of the same things that Yoshihashi did in New Japan, or Kai does sometimes in All yeah. Japan. Like, someone looks down on them for so long, they don't want to accept when they actually finally improve. And Maybach has totally improved. That tag match you mentioned was great. The singles match was uh, you said it was really good. The Global Tag League Finals, which was another great match. The dude. Oh, yeah. Dude rocks. Uh, he's a great wrestler. I, I got to be honest. As random as this is, I can kind of get behind the Maybach, the guy beef that we that we're seeing teasing yes. going going to Yes. So I'm, I'm all for that. Oh, oh. Listen, dude. Listen, dude. Let me tell you something. This is why I thought like this is why I was shocked when I heard John say this match was whatever because I thought it was so great because Mitsuya and the guy. All my real rings fans, all my Makai Club fans, they'll know who yeah. this guy is. And you can tell that he's from that sort of influence because he was just right there trying to get a heated blood feud going on with Maybach Taniguchi. And Maybach Taniguchi was so prepared to just answer him. And oh, it was, it was fucking lovely, dude. I well, loved it. But, yeah, and the guy is one of those guys that, like, he can start a blood feud with you by, like, making eye contact. Yes. <laughs> like, like that's it. All they need is like he makes eye contact with somebody, and that's it. It's like you know, same thing as like a Murakami, where it's just yeah. like yes. you make eye contact with the guy, and then the two of you are in a fucking fight to the death. And have, it was awesome. It was I have awesome. to say, this might honestly be the best I've ever seen Leona look. He wasn't terrible. <laughs> he wasn't yeah. Terrible. Good job. He won't, um, He he looked like he wanted to kill Akitoshi Saito, didn't he? Yeah. <laughs> Yeah. Um. That that the Maybach that that Kai comparison was great though because like he's a guy like, you know I feel like he Kai has been good ever since he started that like Onita uh, tribute gimmick in Wrestle yeah. One. <laughs> Pretty much ever since then he he suddenly became really good and like I almost think like people who still think he sucks are like, like you said, just too stubborn to realize that yeah he he sucked yeah. past tense. He was bad. Then he got good. Like you need to catch up here. Like your your taste is still in like 2015 or something. But yeah, yeah it's, it's very weird because like some there's a lot of people who once they decide somebody sucks, just they never reevaluate that position even when like the wrestler has clearly changed a lot. And Maybach's another guy like that. Like you know, Maybach of 2017 is nothing like the Maybach of like 
you know, 2013 or something where he fucking sucked. Yeah, so, yeah. like you just have to you have to reevaluate guys. You can't just lock into the same position. Yeah. So some wrestling pundits are guilty of this. True. Yeah, that's right. That's right. Um, and the other thing I'd say about this match was it was so good to hear the best theme in wrestling ever again. Tatsumi Fujinami's theme, <laughs> his talk show ass theme. I love it so much, and I'm so glad he was here. I thought you were gonna say Maybach's theme. I love Maybach's theme. <laughs> that that weird, creepy, like fucking MIDI shit. Hey, so good. Don't don't trash talk Fujinami's theme music to me. I'm, I'm, I'm not. I'm saying I love Maybach. <laughs> <laughs> Fired up, you're not gonna fight on this show right now, is what I feel like. I just yeah, feel Connor, passionate about my opinions, okay? Connor, Connor wants to have an argument where there's no argument to be had, it's very strange. This is what pro res is all about <laughs> fake fighting. I know. Uh, all right, I have to um, ask you guys something do you think Fujinami is underrated within like the sort of circle we have historically? You mean like, is yes. he underrated? Ah, uh, I don't know. I don't. I mean, I feel like he gets his he gets his due from some corners. I don't. Mm. I mean, I don't. I don't really have a strong opinion on this. Do you? Do you have a opinion on this, Dylan? I think. And when I remember doing a top one hundred wrestlers, like a greatest wrestler ever thing for like this board called Pro Wrestling Only, I'm pretty <laughs> sure he was in the top ten. So I don't. I don't yeah, yeah. Like he was only behind like uh, Negro Casas, like Jumbo. <laughs> and uh Tinru and like a couple of other guys, Jerry Lawler. Uh yeah. that's the me. But like he was definitely up there. So I think I, I don't underrate him. I think some people just maybe aren't aware of his history more than anything. Yeah, exactly. Yeah. As yeah, in, like, yeah, because I was uh listening to the Everything Evolves podcast, shout out to Everything Evolves in the Wrong Boys. And <laughs> they were talking about an ACH match. And they were talking about how during a special series, ACH does a thing where he does a triple dive, like a triple Topia Suicida. And I was thinking to myself, that's Fujinami's thing. That's why everyone loved it so much. And yet <laughs> they didn't even mention a thing about Fujinami. And I just thought it was like, it must just be because like New Japan Worlds, like they won't have such a comprehensive thing of like Fujinami because all of his stuff would just be so caught up in like all the rights and all that. And that, so people don't really know of his greatness. Yeah, uh, he was a big part of the UWF feud uh, of the '80s, uh, yeah. and he was. Uh, yeah, yeah, yeah. So yeah, he did a lot of That's great true. stuff. He did a lot of great stuff in the '80s. Uh, he even had he had like a legit, really good match with Hulk Hogan for the yeah, WWF. I, okay, I remember that. That was fucking awesome. Yeah. Yeah, exactly, exactly. So the dude, the dude deserves all sorts of props. I mean, I I liked Hogan pretty much every Hogan New Japan match I saw. I thought was. Yeah. You know, like he he always it was just totally different from his WWE stuff. If people have never seen it, but, but yeah, that was I think that was probably my favorite one of his. Yeah, so, yeah, yeah, that was we, really good. We could do a whole podcast on Fujinami recommendations. It's got such a wide yeah. Yeah, catalog. So so there's a, there's one people go go track down Hulk Hogan versus Fujinami. Ignore the fact that Hogan's a terrible racist. <laughs> yes. Yeah. The the next match is a tag team match. I think oh, when this card came out, there's one of these matches that people were like, "Oh, baby!" Like people were oh, very yes. excited uh, for the team of Moose and Yuji Okabayashi, a real team that really happens against Kachiko Nakajima and Masakitamiya. Uh Moose and Yuji won at about in ten fifty six. Um, yeah, this was this was really really fun. I think pretty much 
pretty much everybody expected this match to be fun. I don't think anyone thought thought it wasn't going to be. Um, maybe you could honestly be disappointed. It went a little bit short, but we're going to get plenty of UG in the in the Global League, so yes. that's totally fine. Which he's going to be awesome in the Global League, I think. Yes. Um, did, did anyone else think Moose might be like a secret Riabu? Because he always looks so fucking excited to be in Japan. Like, I don't know what it is, but he just looks so happy when he's coming down to the ring on these Japanese shows. Man. But, yeah. Like, I don't he, know. He just he had, like, this big smile on his face the entire time coming down the rampway. It's like, maybe it's just, like, I'm I like the escaped impact smile. I don't know. But, like, <laughs> he just looks so happy. I'm like, wow, this makes me happy to see you so happy, big guy. But. He was super high wrestler in Mexico too uh, when he came there too. So maybe he just loves life. I think he just likes getting out of America. Okay, which I can, I can yeah. relate. So way, way to go, way to go, Moose. Uh, everyone looked like, great. I, I it, was a, it was a ton of fun. Yes. Uh, I mean the the, the yeah. way it started too, which is Yuji and Yuji and Masa just running into each other and screaming at each other, yes. just like bellowing. Yes. Like that was like that's the perfect way for a match to start. It is great. Um, absolutely loved it. Absolutely yeah. loved it. Yeah, you, you yeah. Did, like, he, at one point, like he screamed and then just ran to the court. Like he screamed at nobody. He turned out. He turned around. Like looked at the crowd. Screamed like nothing. Just bellowed and then did his run into the corner. It was great. You um, got it, dude. You got it. <laughs> but yeah, this, this was. Match too, uh, I, th- I thought, and Okabayashi brought like a great energy to the match, particularly. Uh, yeah, yeah. I'll say one thing: Okabayashi, a legend. Everyone looked great. Why in the world didn't Yuji get his own entrance? Though he was, he just walked out to Moose's view. I, I, maybe they were short on time. See, I kind of enjoyed I, it. I thought it was kind of funny watching him like look at Moose doing his little dance, like, <laughs> "What the fuck is this?" So, and doing chant later on with Moose uh, Okabayashi. That was great. They they should just this like should, they should be like a buddy comedy, you know. It should be yeah. like <laughs> just two large men learning to get along, getting through the language yeah. barrier. Yeah, it. like Missy, Missy, Missy's just tremendous. He makes me clap like I'm a kid again. You know what I'm saying? Like, uh, yeah. yeah, it's just like great seeing him. Like great seeing him be so over of the crowd. Just like every time he does a chant, great seeing him just like vault up to the top row to do to do a wee splash. Um, I think. We ought to use this time to discuss Nakajima, the elephant in the room. Okay, so you guys, you guys are way more hardcore about Noah than I am. So I want to hear your thoughts because, like, to me from the outside, it looks like he failed his ace. But mm. is it more complicated than that? Uh, Dylan, do you want to go first on this or his matches? Like his in ring was really strong, I thought, throughout pretty much most of his title matches. I don't think he had a bad title match. I wasn't a huge fan of the Katoge match or the Edwards match, but they were they were still pretty good. In terms of being the ace and having presence and things of that nature, uh, I, I think he he just it, it did it didn't really work. Yeah. And that's, for, that's exactly how I feel too, Sasha. Interesting to see. Like I, I the the matches I saw him in the matches were fine, but like just would you like if you watch him and then watch Miyahara or even um you know even like it doesn't Miyahara is obviously the gold standard, but yeah. even like in even watching Ashino in Wrestle One like Ashino has more presence than him, yeah. so I, you know I don't know like I I felt like just the ace presence was not there. Uh-huh. What? I, I, so 
I think with Nakajima, the thing is like uh, he was he he's basically a square a square put into a circle pig, and it's not really for the fault of Noor or, or his own, but like uh, it it just wouldn't work because imagine like imagine say like uh, you know Kawada. Like no, I'm not comparing Nakajima to Kawada because Nakajima is not as good. But imagine Kawada like trying to go out there and like you know high fiving people and like <laughs> you know uh, brushing baby's hair. You know what I'm saying? And trying to be this like uh, great PR guy, it wouldn't work at all. It's meant to be an asshole, and Nakajima is too. So yeah. like, I was I was thinking about it because uh, one of the things that I love like that made me love Nakajima was like that whole thing of New Japan where like they'd have these really heated tag matches where Nakajima would just be the most shithead guy and just like mm-hmm. kick the shit out of everyone and yet I go to Noah and he's not in that role anymore because he needs to be champion, he needs to be ace. Mm-hmm. Uh, so that was always the overwhelming feeling is that these matches are great but uh, the context just isn't there, the context is making him look good, it's making him look like a champion, it's not really working. Yeah, but of course, the thing would be is just that uh, there's no one else there to do it until Ed Edwards came in because, you know, ironically, we should be saying this in the in the show he gets a shot, but Mara Fuji doesn't want to go and be or champion anymore, you know. <laughs> so uh, that was really the only choice they had. Um, that like you could see that maybe Nakajima agrees with that because here he came off much more naturally. He came off as if he was sort of like breathing in his own skin again, and plus he has that. Yeah, yeah. Uh, Team Wakita Mia is a great fit for him, too. I think they work really well off of each other. Uh, Absolutely. Yeah, I think they're a really great natural tag team. And I, I honestly, even just from an, you know, his aesthetics, like, I think he's lost something over the years. Because remember, he used to have his own kind of unique look and style. Uh, now he just comes out in these black tights uh, that are very generic. Uh, everything about him is, like, generic guy who kicks hard and wrestles stoically and i and that like when i think of him that's how i kind of think of him. uh and he used to have like he's got a goatee now huh yeah <laughs> he's got a goatee oh yeah that's true he does have facial hair that, that's actually aged him too that's like made him look a lot older than uh, he used to <laughs> with the goatee so i don't know maybe he's finally uh stepping up with that but uh just with the, the tights and the look i i don't like how they changed him but we'll talk about someone else who was he had it even far worse but in ring he's one of the that's going. I really believe that. I think he's had a great year in ring, purely. But as an ace, no, it didn't really work. Yeah, yeah I mean, yeah, I think he's he's a good wrestler that just is not. It's not. Um, that's not his role. He's not an ace yeah. role. So, you know, I, I think I he to that. I think Kitamiya had a lot of charisma and a lot of things going for him, but uh, he's put more on the back burner, and I think this will help him too if they can team together more often. I think that will help both men, actually, if they team together. Yeah, Dylan, how yeah, much I do agree. you love Kitamiya? Uh, I love him. Look at that beard that he's got. How can you not love him? Uh, when looking boy. I love him. <laughs> exactly. He's got a lot of energy, too. He's got a lot of passion. Uh, and, uh, you know, I, I, I'm a big fan of Kita Mia, I have to say. I, like I said, I hope this tag team really takes off, and I hope they yeah. can get things back on track for both of them. Because I think Kita Mia's kind of been lost in the shuffle this year and Noah, but uh, yeah. I think they can get back together with these two teaming again. Now, Okobayashi... Oh, sorry, go ahead. It's, it's funny, because I remember, like, uh, Kita Mia, like, when I was w- first watching Noah, uh, you know, he was first starting to do a thing where just, like, every time he get like, oh, 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 like that. And I remember hearing people sort of, like, laughing in the 
crowd. They thought it was humorous. But term he kept just doing it he kept doing the fucking prison lock it's really awesome and it's just organically going over now so he's actually an established guy so i really i've really always appreciated that about him and yeah he's just an absolutely amazing wrestler i love him anyway what were you saying john oh i was just gonna i was gonna like shift to okabayashi like um so you know he's gonna be in the global league he's not doing a ton mm. in noah right now could i mean not no i mean a big japan right now could he be like a possible like GHC heavyweight champion down the line? Because if they're willing to give an outsider a t- the title, I mean, that's a hell of a guy to give a title run. You know, like his strong title run is so good. I mean, that yeah. might help him. Like, you know, you could have. I don't know if he should be the one to be Eddie or not, but like, just ha- give him like a run for a while, and then have like a Kitamiya or somebody beat him for it. I think that'd be cool. But mm-hmm. think about that, Connor. Okabayashi is the potential GHC champ. Man, I would love that. As in, like, uh, yeah. As in, the thing is, I I think like it takes me back to when Sekimoto used to be in Noah a lot, and I think they sort of like. Well, I wasn't watching the time, so obviously I didn't think at the time. But in retrospect, I feel as though they missed something by, you know, just having him as a tournament guy instead of like as a guided run of his champion. And so I think they could do it again if Okabayashi. And I think the thing is as well that. With Noah and wrestling and all that, they have a sort of thing where, you know, they want to like have a stiffer lip. They want to not get help from like, you know, the easy guys. You don't, you don't want to just bring in Sekimoto and all that, like All Japan does or like DDT does or whatever. They want to have their own guys. But I think this will be a great breath of fresh air to have guys like, uh, you know, it's not just Okabayashi, it's like uh, Yuko Miyamoto and also Masato Tanaka is coming to the Global League too. And so, yeah, I think it'll just be great like to, you know, stave off any like sort of uh, steel feeling in Noah's sort of division. So yeah, I'm totally up for that. Yeah, I mean, just, just to uh, yeah, just to uh, continue on to that point you made. I w- I was watching at the time. Noah was actually one of my favorite companies uh, when Sakamoto was doing that. He made the finals of the Global League in a tremendous match with Sugira uh, in 2014. Yeah, yeah. They were building up to him being you know, finally taking that hold. He was starting to wrestle more at the beginning of the year, but then they brought in Suzuki Goon and all that, and they and they didn't want the big Japan guys around anymore with that. But he was starting to work more. Uh, Kawakami was actually wrestling in Noah too at the time. It was just, uh, that's another reason I think it would be great if Okabayashi could win, because that means more BJW interaction, which I think would be great for both companies. A lot of fresh matchup, matchups for a lot of different guys, and I would love to see that. I mean, look, can, 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 yeah, can, I was going to say, can we, do we have another reason now to hate Jado and Suzuki Goon? Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> I mean, like, seriously. But yeah, um, so that, a really good tag match, and obviously can't wait, you know, I'm definitely going to have to check out his Global League stuff, because I think he's a good fit here in Noah. Um, you guys like Moose's promo? Sorry? Oh, Moose's promo? Yeah, Moose's yeah. promo is great. Yeah, where he just said, I know what language you all are talking. Moose. <laughs> Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. That was this is great. I love them. Um, so the GHC Junior Heavyweight Titan title match. Um, we had Rattels, Hayato, and Yohei. Uh, Hayata, I should say, and Yohei retain their titles against New Wrestling Idoli, uh, Mao and Shuma Katsumata in nine twenty. First of all, obviously, as a DDT slash DNA person, I loved seeing. Uh, I always loved seeing. NWA, yeah. um, I them doing their their entire performance to like 
basically they were like three girls very excited with like glow sticks <laughs> two people clapping and the rest of the clapping just complete silence like that yeah. was great like the crowd was like we have no idea what to make of these these fake idols limp syncing uh we're just gonna it's gonna be very quiet and, and let this and just wait this thing out like it's a store yeah. <laughs> <laughs> it was really funny but um but yeah i loved it and, and this match is really fun first of all I don't. I haven't met the person yet who hates Rattels. I don't yeah. want to meet that person because that person is a monster. Like Rattels is fucking awesome. Um, oh, you don't like Rattels? No, dude, dude, I love Rattels. Oh, okay, I was gonna say, did I just call I, you I a monster? Him. I'm I sorry, love... but yeah, no, I love... that hates Rattels. So... Oh, sorry, my what man, was that? Uh, my friend. What? Uh, hopefully that person who hates Rattels doesn't exist. Yes, because they're, they're so yes, great. Exactly. Yeah. So I need to say, like, let, let's get straight to the point. Let's get to why we're all here. Talk about those uh, precious boys of the Rattels unit. <laughs> like, see uh, if Noah was more popular, if Noah was more, uh, like, had a, raised awareness in the circle of pro wrestling discussion, they would be on par with Los Ingobernables. They would be on par if all these guys who they say like are great for eight man tags because they are just like they have the Midas touch with tags and singles, whatever you do, because like just consistent banger after banger. Like so, like some of the matches that I've seen of them like have just been I've seen all year. And uh just like you know, it's funny because like when I initially saw them, it was like weird because like Deska Harada, we'll get to him later, uh he looks like he was trying to get with the cool kids, like, and he looks like really out of place. But much like I was saying, if Katamiya did the thing where it looks comedic and then it sort of just like grew on everyone, Rattles grew on everyone. And I'm so glad it did because they have really struck gold here. I think. Yeah, you pretty, pretty much the, the moment, I would say like the moment they formed, I really liked them because it's like, it's, it felt so organic because these, all, these are all these guys from all from the yeah. Osaka area. And like, it just, it totally worked to me right from day one. So absolutely. Um, but yeah, I mean, like I, you know, it's just a great, great concept for a unit, and um, you know, they just have so much chemistry together. You know what a, you know, a dream match for me is right now? I mean, first of all, this was a dream mm-hmm. match. I mean, when 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 this match came on, I was like, did I book this? Like, this is, yeah. <laughs> this is like like something I would personally book. But like, I would love to see Hayata and Yohei against Yaki Two Kenji. Like that'd be mm-hmm. fucking that'd be fucking awesome. Yeah, that'd be cool. That'd be so, cool. Yeah. If someone if if like a Japanese booker happened to be listening to this, please give me Asami Kodake and Yuko Miyamoto against these two lovely boys. Thank you. Could I say? Yeah. <laughs> Could I say? So did, yeah, like uh I don't know. Just please do it. On a guy she must. Yeah. Dylan, what do you think of the Rattles? Please tell us. They're amazing. Uh, one of the best factions in Japan anywhere, and I, I really mean that. I've, like I said, uh, really big fan of Tadasuke, and these yeah. Dove Pro uh, that they've brought in, Yohei uh, and Hayata, have a uh, really did a good job of integrating themselves with the roster. You could tell uh, when this match started, Hayata got a huge chance for the crowd. This is one of the last points of the show, I thought, when they came out. Uh, uh, the Rattels, they're taking over Noah. It's, it's obvious. That we saw. It's obvious, dude. It's obvious. We can't like go on without noting that Yohei enters to a remix of Africa by Toto. 
Yeah, you just do you have the remix? I I do you, don't. I was gonna say no. you should send it to me. I should make. I'll I'll make it like the 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 code open, but. Oh yeah. <laughs> be awesome. Uh, listen, John, you you said you're a DDT guy, DNA guy. Do you know what song the NWA played out here? Oh, that's just that's their song. I don't know. Is it like I thought they recorded it for themselves? I don't know. Like I don't think it's I don't think it's them singing, but I thought it's like specifically them. Uh, it's called "We Are the Heroes." Okay. Oh, thank you. Okay. But they, uh, I, they, they wrote it them. They like they wrote it for them, right? Like I don't think it's them singing, but like it does. Does it exist outside of DDT? Not, not that I know. I'm pretty sure this is just their. Yeah. Because <laughs> the, like they released it as a single, just like "Keep on Journey," I think. So. Mm-hmm. Yeah, but I mean, I was trying to, but yeah, I mean, like they, like just seeing them perform it to like dead silence. Yeah, um, I know. After all, like again, I was in the crowd at DDT, and you know, especially in Shinjuku Face, with the crowd just like they were so fucking happy to see them perform uh, this fucking song. Like you, every woman in the crowd looked like they were about to faint during the performance of the song, and like yeah. just just no crowd just did not give a single shit. Did you watch the junior tag tournament? The, the, no, I, um, I, I, I didn't see the junior tag tournament. Okay, so the like the awkwardness of uh, these DDT guys performing like a song for a decidedly non-DDT audience, it was emphasized 10 times by like the fucking ring announcer. I hate him so much, and he was dancing along with it in the ring. <laughs> Bad. I hated it. <laughs> but, I mean, I'm glad they did it. It was fun. But yeah, you know, um, I mean, they were great in the actual match. I thought they were, like this. Oh, yeah, it was yeah. like such a fun spot fest. Um, but yeah, the the the, the, the whole thing starts. You, know, you have these two like pure boys, Shuma and Mao, going yeah. over to these two guys that look like they're like violent Molly dealers or something. Yeah, yeah. Keep their hands out like on a guy Shuma. Like even like Shuma even yelled that. Like for the handshake, he just yells, yeah. "On a guy, she must like, please give me the handshake." And like, <laughs> and they both just pulled him off. And I was like, "You're lucky they didn't beat your ass, actually." Like, why are you asking Raquel for a fucking handshake? But, but hey, back brought out that box loader uh, thing, uh, and they totally <laughs> they totally they drove up the spot <laughs> accidentally. And that part when that happened. All three, Mao, uh, Mao, Yohei, and Shunma, they all looked at each other, time stood still, as uh, <laughs> Yohei was like, well, now what? <laughs> but uh, <laughs> Shunma at least threw him off the ramp and improv a moonsault uh, off the ramp. So that, that was pretty cool. The Red yeah. House have so many cool teams, too. They, they're just a natural tag team. They had the, they did like this limitless explosion uh, variation, variation at one point. They did a total elimination. And Yohei yeah. just horribly missed on his bamboo dragonfly uh came down on the ankles of now uh, i think here. yeah at the, after the finish yeah it's like wow you really killed his ankles yeah like, i don't think you'll ever i don't think he's ever connected with that move like it always just like just, yeah. like destroys the ankles and hey you know what if i got my ankles destroyed i wouldn't fucking kick out yeah that's true like in, there's also one point in this match where yohei like he does a backflip to escape uh, to skate Mao in the corner, and then just does another backflip for literally no fucking reason. And I'm like, that's the kind of thing that it, when Will Osprey does it annoys me, but when Yohei does it, I don't have a problem. Like Yohei, no, Yohei just looks like a guy who 
would just be flipping constantly just for no fucking reason. It's like, look, that's yeah. he's, see, he's seeing something that's telling him he should flip right now. And, you know, that's just, that's what he's doing. So, I, yeah. The bamboo dragonfly is such a cool move if he could ever hit it right. Uh, <laughs> I, I, the time he does it is going to be a huge pop, I think, when he actually hits it right. Yeah, mm-hmm. but it's a fun spot fest, sloppy, but 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 you know, I had a good time. Yeah, it was fun. Um, so speaking of Rattels, the mm-hmm. next match for the junior title was mm-hmm. Daisuke Harada challenging Taiji Ishimori. And Harada won the title in 1507. This match I thought was the first match that was like legitimately like just awesome. Like I gave this four yeah. stars. I thought this was really really good. Um, this is a, uh, I it'd be, maybe it dragged a little in like the middle, but like the last five minutes or so were, were just so much fun. Oh, so yeah. I mean, Ishimori, Ishimori has always been for all of his other faults. He's always had really good like fit closing stretches in his matches, mm-hmm. and you know this one was really no different. So, you know, and obviously I'm always, I'm happy to see Harada win the title, and you know that we got all the junior gold in in uh, Rattels. But yeah, this yeah. is this is really good. Man, Connor, you, we need to talk about Ishimori here because I talked about Nakajima's look, his redesign. Uh, <laughs> is there anyone that's been hit harder by the redesignings than Ishimori here? I mean, his hair that he had here and his gear that he has is just horrific. Yeah. He had year. The worst part is he had years of having the yellow designs, the cool yellow designs. His yeah, theme yeah. was great. He didn't need to be messed with. This look sucks. I mean, when you come out, how can you not hate this guy when he walks up? And I hate too. Like, he, like, see, like, uh, when I play Fire Pro, you know that bodybuilder torso you can do. Literally, <laughs> the only ever guy I would have used that on is Ishimori because he's fucking unnaturally jacked. It, he's you know, so jacked. <laughs> He's only like five foot four, and he's still like the most muscular person on the roster. Oh, it's crazy. <laughs> but yeah, like yeah, the cornrow is like just like not advisable. That's why I wrote down not advisable. Yeah, uh, yeah, with that. But man, can he wrestle though? Despite his his questionable fashion choices here, he and Harada put on a clinic. Thought, uh, oh, Har- Harada actually tried to bust out his own high fly when he did that awkward leap into the crowd uh, over the guardrail it was both and why he's great not being a high flyer i loved it Uh, there was a top rope german suplex that ishimori flipped out of and hit this like stomp that was like uh just an amazing move and yeah and then a moonsault followaway slam Uh, ishimori's offense is among the best i feel like and i've always thought he's kind of underrated he's got such a unique style um he's known as this high flyer but a lot of his greatest matches have been kind of mat work style matches that he's done with like Zack Sabre and their, their original mm-hmm. match. Uh, I think he's really an all-around great wrestler, someone that never gets enough props. Uh, but uh, there's also a, a great counter leading up to the finish. The finish was just bananas, the finishing stretch. They did a... He went for the superstar elbow, the handspring into the flip yes. elbow. He countered it. Which, by the way, awesome. 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 He, he rarely uses that anymore, right? Yeah. yeah. Uh, yeah, that used to be one of his moves when he first started, when he first came to Noah. Yeah, yeah that, that was his finisher when he first started in Toriumon, too. Uh-huh. Like, that was his original finisher in, as a, as a Toriumon X ace. Yeah. So, like, seeing him bust that out was super cool. Was yeah, great. and it was a great finisher to the Katayama German. Uh, and it would just set up a great finish. It was a great match. Best of the show, for sure, I think. Uh, what'd you now, think I, will say, I will say at the time, by the way, every like Toriumon fans all hated that fucking move. 
Yeah. <laughs> I, remember, I remember online constant online complaining about that move and just him and Torimon X in general. He's one of these guys that like he got way better after he escaped Torimon. Oh man, Ishimori, even then though, he was uh, I hated him when he first came into Noah. Remember when uh, Kent hit that GTS on him and he just did a backflip? Uh, oh. <laughs> <laughs> Looked horrible. I was like, Ishimori, you asshole. But no, like later on, like probably around 2012, I would say, when he finally got his long title reign, I think he really improved a lot. And I think yeah. he's someone that's improved over the years. Because even I in think, Noah, he's. I was going to say, like, I think having to do all those long singles matches, I think, is what really got him to a mm. point where he's where he got a lot better. Yeah. Right. And also, he actually had a gimmick too, similar to the NWA when he was uh, yeah. early. The sailor, the sailor boys keep on journey. Yeah, the oh. sailor. I swear to God, I searched. Um, I I was looking for that fucking CD in Japan. Like I was, that was one of my goals when I was going through like book off these used stores and stuff where they had used CDs. I'm like, I'm gonna find a fucking copy of Keep on Journey, but I did not find a copy of Keep on Journey. So. Uh, Sailor Boys, especially Sailor Moon and the Sailor Boys, that was for you too, John. Uh, oh. But just bring it back, please. That's all I ask. But yeah, I really, I really wanted some Keep On Journey in my life, but I couldn't get, I couldn't find it. Yeah, it was a terrible song, by the way. Absolutely terrible song. <laughs> like <laughs> We Are the Heroes is like, I don't know, it's like a fucking masterpiece next to fucking Keep On Journey. Oh man, like, keep, on, keep On Journey is so fucking terrible. Oh. Um. But you, do you know who the, do you know who his partners are were by the way? I'm sure you probably know this. Uh, no, I can't remember who was it. Oh, okay. Well, do you know who they are? You don't know who they are now, do you? No. His part his partners are the Brahmins. The Brahmins. <laughs> yes, <they're>, those are <laughs> boy band partners. Uh, yes, I totally remember this now. I was I was explaining this to somebody like a few yeah. months ago. Shu and Kay say they were like the first time. You know, again, I knew them first as. These fucking twins that were tied, basically tied to Ishii Mori's like, you know, partners in three count in Japanese three oh, count. I remember this. Like, yeah, yeah, yeah. Like all of a sudden, they're in these fucking robes and they're like having these crazy brawls. I'm like, what the, <laughs> what the fuck? It'd be like if, you know, it's suddenly like everyone courageous and uh, Shane Helms were suddenly voodoo worshippers. It's like, what? What the hell is that? I <laughs> oh, no, really, everyone courageous and Shannon Moore actually not because Shane, yeah. Shane Helms would be Taiji. Yeah, true. But yeah, like uh, this this match was like absolutely amazing. Like I just loved it all the way through. Daisuke Arada, he's like uh, he he's like up from a wrestler year, you know what I'm saying? Like, goddamn, he's just like he's so he's so great. Like I think in Noah, I I see him as like the Goldberg, not in terms of him being dominant, but just him being so consistent. When he hits the Katayama German suplex hold, you know it's over. And so when he goes for it. It always has this just this emphatic feel to it, just like that you really wanted a pro wrestling match. Just like when he, you know, when he hits a big knee and he hits like a, and he just like goes for it. Usually deadlifts the guy. It just feels really good because you like you know what's going to happen, and that sort of predictability. That's what you want in wrestling. And so yeah, this match was like uh, great. Like Ishimori, um, all, in all of like our praise for the Rattles, like we should give credit to like all your juniors because. I don't think there's any one junior on the division who isn't like at least good and Ishimori is absolutely great. Like I loved all his like offense here, I loved the Moonsault following slam. To my point about Ashley Estrella, uh he couldn't keep it simple 
but he also can roll. Meanwhile, Ishimori, it, c- it comes in second nature to him. Like, you don't think twice about him doing a fucking moonsault follow-away slam, you know? Uh, so that's great in that respect, too. And uh, it's just absolutely great match. And then we had the beautiful post-match bit where Yohei calls Hara the boss and Tadasuke mom. That was yeah. I want to, before we get into that, though, just in general, what you're talking about there, the Noah, the Noah Junior division. I mean, they deserve so much credit because, like, they, it's not like they're turning these guys out themselves. They're just going onto the like Japanese indies and like the smaller ones and finding them. And you know, when, when they graduated Katoge and Kano at the start of the year, like I think a lot of people were like, "Well, this what, what's even left in the junior division now? You know, it's going to suck." But they just go yeah. right out and get they get these two guys from Dove Pro, a promotion no one was paying any attention to, and they yeah, click yeah. and they make them like the focus of the division. And then they go and get a guy like Tadasuke too, who like you know fits in with the Osaka Pro contingent really well. It's like yeah. they it's like they they know how to find these guys. It's really amazing. So they, yeah, they, I they think, built I think that because... division out of nothing. Yeah, like I think like see like the junior division right now, like that is perfectly in line with what Misawa intended when he created Noah. Because you, if you'll remember, like Noah was created because all Japan could not experiment. Misawa felt as if he was like, you know, his ideas were not being like listened to. He wasn't being able to branch out. And so one of those things was that wasn't yeah. just like, you know, <laughs> hard like the all japan 90s division like uh, for uh, for as good as all japan was like that junior division was nothing. yeah it was horrible yeah and, like for people who like, don't people don't understand like that junior division really fucking sucked so. uh-huh. and that's and that's part of why i love the junior version so much right now because it has that legacy to it you feel that these guys like are carrying on a legacy of you know your kanamaras your moving to guerrero's low-key uh, to a lesser extent, Kenta Marafuji. Right, uh, you can just feel as if, and as well, fuck yeah, he was cool, and yeah. uh, he is cool still. Um, and just like that, this is integral to the identity of Noah. It's part of their brand. It's part of like what makes them them. And so, yeah, just, that just adds to it with like how great the junior division is. Yeah, and it's always been a part of their identity. I feel like even back when I was saying with when Sekimoto was there, that they had that Harada Kotoge feud going on before they teamed up again. And to yeah. Harada, to me, I wanted to say one thing because you were talking about him as the Goldberg. He really reminds me, especially now that he has this goatee, he reminds me even more. But he reminds me so much of what Goto was like when he was young, the mm. way he wrestles when he was Except he's allowed to win and lead a stable and look like a winner. His style is tight. Everything really reminds me of young Goto if you want to look at him in the past. But he's just... He's the man. He's had such a great, great year. Yeah. I really feel like I, I can totally buy you. I buy what you're saying, selling and him in terms of him being a wrestler of the year candidate or most outstanding wrestler. He's just had uh, everything he's done has been great. I feel like. you, know, you cannot have a better year with what the opportunities he's been given than what he's done. I feel like. Yeah, Harada is awesome. Um, but yeah, so so after the match, as we were saying, you know, Hayata and Yohei retained the titles. Or, I mean, I mean, dot. I'm sorry. Um, Harada wins the junior title, and then he turns to Hayata and Yohei, and, you know, they're, they're the junior tag champions, having just retained the last match, and he challenges them to an all-retails battle. So, you yeah. know, he basically says, me and Tadasuke are going to shoot. I think, like, the general gist of the promo was, was basically, like, you know, look how far retails have come, right? Like, that's how it started, kind of. Mm-hmm. Yeah. That was, like, that was what I, the message I got. And, you know, like, basically, Harada's saying, like, you know, we're, 
how proud he is of the other three, but then he turns it into, you know, we're going to have a, an all over tells your tag title match. And then Yohei gives that amazing response where he picks up the mic and says in English, uh, hey, boss and mom. <laughs> like, like, so, wow. Like, that, I mean, like, he's saying Tadashi is their mother. Like, I don't understand. Yeah. It's so awesome. But and that yeah, makes sense. Yeah. <laughs> it's such a great, such a great line. Yeah. No. I could definitely get down with this Rattels feuding with each other to close out the year. I'm all mm. for that. I think that would be a great that'd, way to end it. That would be so good. Like, that match going to be so good. Like, yeah. I am all, all in for that, that junior tie title match. And it sets up a lot of defending against the other three at, at different points afterwards, too, defending the singles title as well. So I think it's a great idea. Mm. Yeah. So. I, I, I really just felt like just like uh, such like star power off of them in that promo because like uh, e- even though it's like you know lighthearted and all that like it just like you can sort of feel how the crowd is reacting to him because like Harada like both when like he and Tadasuke challenged Yohei and Hayata as well as when Tadasuke challenged Harada for the junior title before that tag title match happens he just like looks crazy minasan do this car you know it's like asking him and like if they'd be cool for it's like yeah they're so enthusiastic about it and that really showed to me like you know it, it isn't just us like having this niche interest in these guys who you know your dean malenko types like competent workers but nobody cares about them people care about these guys like they're really just like popular and that's great. Yeah, even even Tadasuke got a huge chance from the crowd when he wouldn't put his hand in at first. They're all chanting yeah. for him. <laughs> like, like Tadasuke, Tadasuke has this weird, like it's one of those guys that has like anti charisma. You know, <laughs> like he's, he's he's he doesn't have like traditional charisma, but like he just still has that weird presence to him. I don't know how to describe it. But. I think what you're saying, but yeah, he's definitely got something to him. I, I definitely feel like. Yeah. yeah. Did um, you guys see that one two at three falls match that Rattles had? Yeah, I think I did. Uh, yeah, I think did, I saw. do you remember how like Tadasuka gets pinned by a four fifty splash, but then the match still goes on, and so he's a baby face in peril, and he's just like fucking dead, and he has to like crawl over to to like make a tag. Like I thought that was like that was a coming out moment for him because it showed me that you know he wasn't just like a good hand; like he could actually play yeah. a compelling role. Yeah, yeah, I totally think there's a lot of upside with uh, him in, in Rattles. I, I, I totally get what you're saying there, and I do remember that. Yeah, yeah, it was great. Yeah, I mean, I, I, and like I said, I've liked him. I was with their song in Jakara way back in the day, so, you know, back when I actually watched Jakara. So, yeah. like, he, I remember he had a, he was, him and, it was him, Katoge, and Harada teaming together in the, uh, in, in the King of Trios the first time I saw them when they were all in Osaka Pro still at the time. I forget. Yeah. What the, what the, I can't remember. I think your name of the unit was Blood and Guts or something. So, yeah, 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 yeah. yeah, yeah. That sure. was they were just such a cool team. And then, then he came back a couple of years later and was facing like Eddie, or I think the next year actually, and faced Eddie Kingston for the Takara Grand Title. And that was a really cool singles match between them, just beating the shit out of each other. So yeah, yeah. I like Tadasuke. I think he definitely has a lot more to show in Noah, and we'll see what he does. But yeah, mm-hmm. Rattles. <laughs> How, they're really cool. They're awesome. <laughs> yeah. Um, we love you. The next match, Go Shiozaki and Mohamed Yone. Uh, no. or, I mean, sorry, Go Shiozaki and <laughs> Katoge. Sounds like Mohamed Yone is not Mohamed Yone. Go and Katoge against Mohamed Yone and Quiet Storm, the, the team known as the 50 Funky Powers. 
Yeah, um, yeah. I first of all, their entrance, like that entrance scene, will never not be awesome. When that thing just hits, yeah. and everything gets funky, and you know the crowd is so happy because everything's getting funky, uh-huh. and you know that's always that's always great. Um, this went like twenty one, twenty three. This match yeah. is like really good. Um, I don't know. I, I I gave this four stars also. Like, I just thought they beat the fucking shit out of each other, and they like they were trying so hard that I just I would feel bad giving anything less. Like, they really just like, especially Go and Go and Yone had like an exchange where they just fucking caved each other's chests in. Oh yeah, with, with chops. Like they're all like just beat red and yeah. I mean, and I was on spoil for this, and I was like legit shocked when um, Fifty Funky Powers won. It's like yeah. you know what? Good for them. Like Quiet Storm, Quiet Storm has been there fucking forever. I know a lot of people hate him, but you know he tries his hardest. As he as he showed in the post match promo, he even learned the fucking language, which is probably yeah. the real reason why he stuck around so long. And you know he deserves a little tag title reign. Good for mm. him. Yeah, yeah, like Fifty Funky Paris, they're amazing. You you wouldn't think that Earth, Wind, and Fire makes such a good interest feed, <laughs> but hell, it does. Um. Like I remember when I first got into Noah, uh, and I sort of like saw Mohammed Yoni for what he was superficially, like the dancing guy. Like I, I, I was like, it was strange. I thought it was strange that he was like teaming with this guy, who Quiet Storm, who was just like this big beefy dude who like was just like, just like screaming like he was on the heavy metal record. But really, it makes sense because if you ever like anyone who watches a Mohammed Yoni match will see that you still got that sort of like young battle arts fire to him you know what i'm saying where like he's just like he's a crazy dude he just like is willing to like go like right to the limit and just like kick the shit out of people so um yeah like these guys are a great team and you know it's hard to not be sympathetic to them when they are teamed up against uh kotoge and also goshiozaki the nerd of noah uh and yeah like this match was uh, pretty good as in Go and Kotoge, like Kotoge, they're a pretty good team. It's just that I will be overwhelmed by just like uh, how fucking much, how fucking insufferable Goshiozaki will come off. And uh, by association, Kotoge will sort of have that rebuff him, even though I think he's pretty good. Um, Dylan, I know you love Kotoge for him, just like for sake. I love Kotoge. Oh, Dylan, Dylan, you're having like an issue. I don't know what the deal is, but yeah, I think we're all having. Issues. Oh, there we go. Okay. Yeah. Uh, so Kotoge, one of the best people uh, in Noah. Really early in the year, I think they had lightning in a bottle with him. He was very over after that big tag match with Fuji taking on Maybach and Go. Mm-hmm. I think he was very, very over to the crowd of Noah. I think he's the most one of the most popular people. And then they teamed him with Go in the tag league, and from there on. And I was like, no, why are you teaming him with Go? Don't, no, Go, nobody likes Go. Go, yes. Go. I don't want that. Why do this? I mean, I, I, did you guys not like this match? Because I thought this was really good. But It was I, good. Yeah. Yeah, the match was good. I just, I wish, I think Kotoge, I, I, I disagree with what you said earlier about Nakajima. I think Kotoge should have won the title uh, instead of Eddie Edwards. If it were up to me, I would have mm-hmm. had a Staka because I remember uh, back in 2015, when he was the, when he first won the title, him and Harada had a main event match. They made it into the show with the junior title, and he got a kind of great promo afterwards. Uh, they drew really well. 
crowd was super into Katoge. His promo shout out his mom in the crowd. It was awesome. The dude came across. Yeah, yeah. I know he has it in him. Uh, and, but this team would go. I, I just, I, I, I don't know. But, but just not their wrestling, because Go is a great wrestler, actually. It's not that his wrestling is not the problem. It's just that mm-hmm. he's been, the way he's booked, the things he's done, his reputation isn't very good with the fans. And that's yeah. really where it comes down to it. Even at the start of this match, Kotoge had big chance to start off. And yeah, yeah. So I think he's someone I hope. I don't understand why they took the titles off of them, to be honest. No offense to the Funky Powers. Uh, after one month, I was really curious title change. I don't think anybody expected it. You were saying that earlier, John. I think the crowd definitely didn't expect it with the way they popped after the Funky Busta, uh, as it was called. But um, they actually did a lot of good stuff, too, I have to say. I, I really loved uh, Quiet Storm's Lariat counter to the kill switch at the end. Yeah. Um, yeah. I thought that I thought the finish stretch was really good. I thought this was a good match too. I have nothing to say about the ma- the match itself. More that I think Kotoge has a lot of upside, mm. but they kind of petered it away with how with how they booked him. I just I wasn't a fan of that. That was one of the things I disliked uh, was how Kotoge got booked, and and even his title shot was very random. It was like he lost a lot, and then yeah. you know he get, he had this tag team with Go. He won one match against Keno, and the, here's the title shot. We're just gonna throw it off on a random show, and I think it could have been yeah. built to a lot. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I like. I'd say I'd say Kotoge is good, uh, but in in a sort of like the comparison that comes to mind is Sid, uh, because I consider Sid to be almost like an outsider artist. He's uh, not well taught, as in by objective standards, not very good. But the intangibles of his sort of like repertoire come through and make up for that. I think the same the same could be said for Kotogi, as in a lot of his offense looks fucking stupid, but I still get into him anyway because he just has this undeniable charm about him. That was honestly that yeah. double uh, leg choke over the rope when he tried to do it to both of them at the same time. I didn't like that. <laughs> they, they need to drop that. But uh, some of his offense is good. When he just has the base of what pro res and pro wrestling is, like when his matches with Sugira. When he mm-hmm. just headbutts people, fights his heart out, he's got some of the best uh, underdog fire and charisma, I think, of anyone. Uh, I, I really think he's got mm-hmm. some of the best in terms of that. But when you're right that his moveset sometimes can go a little, uh, he can go a little off the rails with that. Yeah, yeah. And like, you know, it's just like he, 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 he like definitely has something. As in, like, I, I, we wouldn't be seeing him in this sort of position, like, uh, if he didn't have that, if he didn't have something like that. You know, Uchida sees the crowd sees that we see, uh, and yeah, so match was like good, you know, like despite all our like uh, talking about how you know maybe we shouldn't, maybe it shouldn't have had this decision, maybe like uh, we shouldn't have put Kotoge of going in the first place. It was a great match for what it was. Um, I sort of noted down that afterwards, like uh, you know, Kotoge was pinned, and so Go was on the outside. Go looks dead inside, but that isn't really a change from how it usually looks. <laughs> I know. Uh, Kotoge also got piggybacked, piggybacked out like a chump after the match. <laughs> I'm wondering if this means something. They have something in mind for Go or Kotoge for the Global League. Uh, that's why they just turned it around uh, so fast. But uh, oh, one more thing about Go that is also makes him look like a geek. Uh, when he did, uh, when he did, he had the first place machine gun chops in history because it's like. Oh. Get him for like literally like two or three seconds and then just stop. Uh, and they were hard, but it's just they were not impressive visually. I feel like. Uh, and, he, he was, and he did that in front of Kobashi. 
he did that in front of Kobashi. That's right. Like, Kobashi's like yeah, well, he, you talk about the Kobashi chops, right? Like, he tried to do them, they're just terrible. No, yeah, exactly. Yeah. Exactly. Yeah. That's not good. Yeah, yeah he, did, he, he, did that, he did a really terrible spinning chop, too. Oh, it's yeah, like, he did that move a lot. Stop, just stop trying to do that Kobashi stuff, buddy. It's not going to work. Yeah. Um, <laughs> yeah, I don't know. He just looks, he looks, he dead inside's a good thing. Like, he just, he always looks like a guy who is trying so hard to be pro wrestler man and just yeah. like not quite getting there. That's how he's always yeah. looked to me. And but, his uh, look too, uh, he's, you know, you'd have to, you'd have like a pie chart that would have to dedicate to how much he's changed over the years, his look. And now he looks like, uh, he looks years younger than he ever has clean shaven look and this businessman casual look i would like and when they even did the press conference with all the titles and stuff it's like he was being really annoying to katoge like holding the title up to his face like katoge's face during the picture yeah. and laughing at him obnoxiously and katoge just looked like man i hate this tag team <laughs> <laughs> really, uh, yeah. i don't know go is a guy who needs to like he used to like fucking turn heel and like have a total like fucking not that there aren't really like strong faces and heels in Noah, but like have like a really strong make character makeover or something. Like just like yeah. he needs like a, he needs to go like full bodysuit or something. I don't know. Just like totally just try something completely fucking crazy. Cause what you're doing yeah. right now clearly isn't working. Uh, his charisma is a total affectation. Like yeah. um, when, when like it brings me back to like O'Hara into into an extent Kento Miyahara, because those guys, they have that sort of charisma, they have that sort of like ace appeal, right? Now, listen, like Noah and Ultrapan, Ultrapan's doing better now, but they, they aren't in big houses. They're doing like hundreds of people in like under pheasants. But you wouldn't think that looking at them go, you see like them just like presenting themselves as if like they're like before millions and it works. You get invested in them. Meanwhile, Go Shiozaki, when he tries to do anything that resembles a charismatic pose or anything like that, you just realize you're wrestling in front of two thousand people. Why the fuck are you doing this? Yeah. This is what you're good at. <laughs> it's terrible. It, it, it never works. So no. Oh, I, I just want to say one more thing too about Quiet Storm. I've seen him for a long time. He used to be a K Dojo uh, when I originally started watching. Uh, that's where he he comes from. That's another guy they raided from the Indies, uh, yeah. I guess. <laughs> but uh, I've seen him for a long time, and uh, his voice is very amusing. Especially when there was a part early in the match where Katoge did an overhand chop to his chest, and Quiet Storm just said, "Come on, boy! Uh, Come on, boy!" <laughs> which was very very amusing to me. I could never, I could, I could never tell if he was making a joke on himself when he named himself Quiet Storm, and then yeah. just grunted all the time, grunts loudly all the time. But like, I don't know, I don't. If he is, like, what way to go, buddy? It's pretty funny. Yeah, you I don't think he is, but you never know. You only the same too, because like when, like, I noticed that when he was going for that leg trophy, he was just like before I did the impacts. It was so great. I love them. I love yeah, it. they're fucking, they're fucking awesome. And then they did that promo in Japanese after the match, and you know, Quiet Storm is out there, you know, speaking fluent Japanese, and Yone's like just laughing and like, yeah, what the white boy said. <laughs> yeah. It was, it was good. Um, but yeah, that, that, this was good, and I enjoyed it. I don't know what to say. Go Shiozaki, though. Like I said, go get a full body suit or something. Just do something different. Like, or like just go away. Oh wow. <laughs> 
<laughs> Connor went there, everybody. <laughs> He's like a good mid-card wrestler, not main eventer. I think he would be yeah. a player in the mid. Yeah. So the main event. Speaking of main eventers, Eddie Edwards defending the GHC heavyweight title against Namichi Marafuji. Um, this got you. You may be shocked to learn this, but a Noah match got a lot of time. Uh, no, a Noah main event, I should say. And this one, 26-14, which actually, that's actually kind of on the shorter side for GHC heavyweight title matches. Yeah, that's what um, I was thinking. Yeah. <laughs> uh, but yeah, I mean, I, first of all, what do we think of Eddie Edwards? Because, you know, I I think his gimmick of, you know, basically white guy, Masawa fanboy who was in Noah back in the day and loves it, like mm-hmm. that could come off as really forced and hokey. And it doesn't really at all come off like that with him. Like he really comes off like a guy who is like humble about it and is proud to be there and proud to be champion. So, mm-hmm. you know, I think it works for him, but I don't know. What do you guys think? I appreciate Eddie Edwards. I appreciate him a lot because um, it sort of goes back to the RH episode of Omakase with Jared Goldberg, where you guys were talking about this seminal part of your fandom. And I think like Eddie Edwards is almost a relic of that sort of mindset we're in, uh, it's a rebellion against American wrestling, just like taking heavy influence from Japanese wrestling. And though I may not find his matches to be the most enjoyable, like, you know, I thought this match was okay. Uh, I think it's like, you know, endlessly charming in a good way that it's just like this guy who, you know, fucking traded tapes, fucking worked there on the cars of Noah and wants to do all the four pillar finishers. <laughs> and it's like, uh, you know, it's just like, I, I like it. I'm happy that he's like sort of reached that stage, you know, I'm happy for him. Yeah, I don't know. I mean, like, I th- I thought it was. I mean, I thought I I guess like, I had this match a lot higher than you guys. Like, I gave this like four and a quarter. I thought it was really, really, really good. And I just thought they they were two guys who were out there just destroying themselves and working so hard to get something to get something over in front of this tiny crowd. You know, like they they worked harder in front of eighteen hundred people than you know some some guys work in front of much bigger crowds, mm-hmm. and. You know, I just I thought it was like an outstanding like like okay, has has Cody Rhodes tried this hard in the main of in any fucking Ring of Honor World Title match this year? I really don't think he has. But um, I mean, not, never mind the fact that they're both just a bunch of better wrestlers than Cody Rhodes. But you know, yeah. Um, but, but yeah, this was I thought this was really really good, and I thought they they both destroyed each other to try to get this match over, and I, I really appreciated the the effort and the. You know the mm-hmm. level of the level of sacrifice they had for. I mean, the one spot obviously that stands out to me is that that dive, where yeah. you know Eddie Eddie puts Marafuji up on the barricade and like dives through the ropes, takes him. I think I've never seen a. There's one of those spots I've never seen before. Like he dives yeah. straight forward, like a straightforward like suicide or tope or suicide dive, and like you know just collides with Marafuji. Marafuji basically catches him with his neck, and they yeah, both yeah. like fucking hit the ground like as hard as you've ever seen. Like that's the kind of shit that I like. Like that's obviously not advisable under any stretch of the imagination. But it's one of those spots when you're watching a main event that just makes you like stand up and be like, "Holy fucking shit! What the hell did I just watch?" So the fact yeah, that they even was running in pain, I loved it. <laughs> the fact that they even try something like that on a show like this yeah. was just outstanding. So major props um, to them. But before we go any further, Dylan, do you like Eddie Edwards? 
Yeah, Edwards, uh, he, he's a good wrestler. I remember him and Noah around 2010. His tag team was Roderick Strong. They had a really good series of matches in the junior tag team title tournament. Uh, Edwards mm -hmm. for, had a great performance. He really stood out. I think that, that gimmick you were talking about is really true to him. I think that's like a shoot gimmick for him that he really loves yeah. being in Noah. Yeah. And even afterwards, <laughs> we shouted out Takayama. And, and stuff, uh, and he basically said that nothing's impo impossible. That, that won the title. He's talking about Takayama. Uh, he talked about yeah. uh, how much he loves Noah, and he'll always be there in his heart. He'll always be a member of the roster. So yeah, uh, Edwards. He comes across very genuine in his gimmick, and mm. I think he's better than a, a lot of guys they could have gotten from Impact uh, oh, if yeah. they wanted to. Yes. I would say, but he's I a mean, good wrestler. Can I say for a second? Thank God it's Eddie and not fucking Davy Richards in this fucking role. <laughs> like, if I had to watch Davy Richards in 26-minute matches with Mario Fuji, like, oh my, that would not be good. No, that would have been horrible. Davy <laughs> uh, versus Mario Fuji, no, no, yeah. please. Yeah. But uh, yeah, uh, Edwards also, regardless of whatever you want to say, he got over to this crowd. Uh, in particular, there was a uh, a girl fan in the crowd yelling out, like, the guy at stardom shows, but yeah, yeah. he she was Eddie over and over. There was one girl in the crowd that loved Eddie, and uh, by the end he got very over too. Uh, so, uh, and that was good against Marafuji because Marafuji obviously is the ace of the company. He's obviously very over. So yeah. I think he did a good. There, they did get a little sloppy by the end because Eddie they botched this inverted hurricane Rana, oh, and yeah, some yeah, of the. Yeah. But uh, he did. I think it's cool that he's adopting uh, Misawa's finishers kind of with the Tiger Driver and the quote unquote Die Hard Flosion that he has mm -hmm. now. Yeah, which is kind of what you already got the pen with. Yeah, uh, yeah exactly. Explosion. Yeah. yeah, so that's cool stuff there, and it. I don't think this ever got to that next level I was looking for, but it was definitely more good than bad. I had this at three and a half stars. Okay. Uh, compared... So I was yeah. way higher, but I just thought this was outstanding. Um, I thought it was a good catch, but no, I don't think it ever got to that next level for me. Uh, but I think they tried hard enough, and I think the crowd bought into it. They just got a little sloppy at the end, and it just didn't quite click all the way, but still was a good match. It was still a good main event. You see, I was originally thinking like four and a half, and then I took off like a quarter star for like the sloppiness and the botched reverse runner. But yeah, I was just feeling this a lot stronger than you, I guess. But like, I don't know, like two, like trying, trying really, really hard gets gets more um gets more gets you bonus points for me i, I want to see guys you know trying that hard on a, especially in a main event and then especially on a mm -hmm. show that you know this isn't the big this certainly isn't the biggest crowd marifuji ever wrestled in front of us but he was he was trying super hard so i'll give him yeah. all the it's bigger than the other crowds that they've drawn throughout the summer so this is probably the first time they've got over 2000 since march yeah in the year so i think they took it serious i think they tried really hard and i think they did a good job overall yeah and i thought eddie's promo at the end you know afterwards was just very heartfelt very good you know very good promo yeah 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 so you know i'm i'm very i'm very happy with the happy gaijin champion eddie edwards just living his dream gimmick it's a cool gimmick and i'm willing to see how far it goes me too me too i'm totally i like the gimmick and i think the translator was a nice touch so the fans could understand them in the crowd too. I thought that was really cool. I didn't think about that out because I I don't I don't remember that ever happening like in New Japan or anything like a translator in the you know by the ring for somebody like that. So I thought it's that was so, really it's so weird that no one else tries that because like it's not like English speaking Japanese people are like a fucking rare commodity. Like this, they they teach it in high school. Like it's, there's plenty of people in Japan who speak English well enough to translate a, a short promo like that. 
So I don't know. Yeah. You, you'd think you'd think that would happen more often. But yeah, it's, you, it is a good idea. It is a good idea. Guys, did you guys notice that uh, Eddie, like he uh, was doing his promo where he said, like, uh, you know, there's Fujinami and Kobashi on commentary. Eddie says, I'm so glad I could do this in front of Sugira-san and Kobashi-san. <laughs> and then yeah. he cut to Fujinami just looking like, wait a second. <laughs> <laughs> that was funny. Yeah. yeah. Yeah, he shouted out Sugira in his promo. And it was Fujinami on commentary. <laughs> Awesome, but yeah, he's, like, he's he's a humongous nerd, and that's why I like him so much. He's he's me uh, if I he's me if I was an athlete, I guess. <laughs> absolutely, dude, absolutely. Like, I think it's interesting how we still consider Mara Fuji the ace of Noah, because um, like I totally get why we do because like he's uh by default the biggest star. He's the one everyone like loves unequivocally and buys as a champion, but him as sort of like the guy who and like the guy who runs Noah, he's very much in contrast to Misawa because um, perhaps Marafuji like sort of learned because he was the one who suffered because of it, like how when he and Kenta didn't draw well at Budokan because of that low card, how Misawa then just like swooped in, you know, beat him for a title and tried to bring back up business. Marafuji has learned from that and he's learned how like, you know, maybe sort of let things run let things run let's, let's see how it goes and because you know like like I, like I was saying like Marafuji he isn't interested in being the ace he isn't interested in being a champion he's more into the tag team titles like and all that and I find it really admirable because like uh same way I find it admirable about how uh Wrestle 1 and Kasayashi they just like uh, are relying on like these guys to get like really good get become stars onto their onto themselves without relying on like Muto and all that. Uh, and I think it's really good here in Noah. So um like, uh, you know the match like didn't blow me away or anything, but I I liked it. It was it was fun stuff. And you know, uh, I'm excited to see how you know the global league will uh change stuff for Noah. I'm excited to see like who Eddie Edwards is gonna go up against next. I'm excited for Sigir to come back speaking of him. And yeah, yeah it's looking good. Yeah. So so overall I mean yeah Really, really good show. Um, you know, really nothing to complain about. The first half, maybe, like the first couple matches, maybe weren't that great. But after that, like, even just, those matches were kept short, though. Yeah, they were, they were five minutes each, so who cares? And like, you know, the meat, like, the meat of this card was all really good stuff, I think. So, you know, mm-hmm. tough to, you know, anytime you get a a big show and like the top five matches are all really good, like, I don't know how you can complain about that. So. Um, mm-hmm. A good show, and I hope I, I hope Noah builds momentum from here because they deserve it. And, yeah, and speaking yeah. of someone who has occasionally like forgotten to pay attention to them for months at a time, I am definitely going to pay more attention to them for the rest of the year going forward because I, I had a lot of fun watching this show. Uh huh. I think the thing with Noah generally, uh, you go ahead, Dylan. You go ahead. Uh, no, no, you go first because I've got a branching point I'm going to go to. Okay, it's cool. Like uh, I think, like the thing with Noah generally is that. Um, for a lot of its time historically, Noah has been a lot like Keiji Muto's hairline. It's combed very well, right? But as soon as it starts going rough and tumble, as soon as it starts bumping around, you see the bald spot. And it's just like laying there for everyone to see. And that's the same thing with Noah just historically. Even when they had the Kobashi reign and like Misawa and like the pillars and like the guys like, uh, you know, um, Takeshi Rikyo and all that stuff, like, 
they still had problems. Like you could see the problems like going on as everything was occurring. And uh, it doesn't feel like that now. It feels as if they're going in the direction they should be going in. It feels as if, uh, you know, they've got like stuff planned out that they've like got faith in their talent and they're now just going to like scrap everything as soon as it doesn't work once yeah. like it did uh, when it used to be. And yeah, that's the main reason why like I feel you know, a strange sort of loyalty to know, you know, uh, I feel a strange sense of faith in Uchida because, you know, you see like the empty arenas and like, you know, maybe like a, a lacking card, but then you look at him at a table with his arms crossed and you just, you feel at ease with the world. And that's so, how I feel. So you brought, up the, you brought up the old school now and like what it felt like. I'm going to, I'm going to throw a hot take out there. I don't know if anybody's ready yeah, for this. Yeah. But, like, I mean, I grew up with that. Like, that was my promotion growing up was, you know, like, early to mid-2000s Noah. It was that and, like, Toriumon as my yes. two favorites. But nobody, even back then, nobody watched entire Noah shows and, like, sat there and loved Avi Master. But, like, it, it was, like, you would have to sit through a lot of really boring, like, six-man tags and shit to get to, Absolutely. like, you know, two or three good matches, if, if that. Sometimes it was just the main event. So uh-huh. now they Ted this this Noah this current Noah has better all around cards than like the Glory Period does did because the Glory yeah, Period obviously probably- had like the Glory Period had like top tier talent that you can't really compare to now but like the overall cards were could be very boring which is not the case anymore I don't think yeah yeah and Dylan I know you. And I know that your uh, like thing, your first thing in wrestling was Noah. Do you sort of, did you sort of feel that with historic Noah as well? That like, you know, you you wouldn't watch whole shows. It was more like you know bits and pieces. Um, my original, uh, the very first match I ever saw from Japanese wrestling was Kenta versus Marafuji. Um, oh, which one? The Korokin one? Yeah, the, the big one. Uh, okay. And I was like, whoa. Like, is this real? <laughs> like, pretty, pretty much. Uh, but no, it was amazing when I saw it. I thought it was like, that's always going to be one of my favorite matches ever, just because it was like kind of what opened my eyes to Japanese wrestling. And I, I wouldn't say the old, the old, old stuff didn't come along for me till later, like you were talking about, John. But back then, I think there's definitely uh, a lot of truth to that. But I, all I'm saying is, I hope that you are not disparaging the great work of Kentaro Shiga and the <laughs> pin power. Yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> uh, with Kishin Kawabata. So I hope I hope that's not what you were saying. Or Izumi, another well-known um, uh, Jun Izumi. That, yeah. So I hope I hope that's not what you're saying. Is that you were born? No, they just there were just a lot of matches where like no one was trying. Like when those guys got like when those guys got spots and they would really try, they were good. But there were a lot of matches where like. You know, like the like ma- matches like two through six on a Budokan show could just yeah. be like the most boring fucking shit. So, yeah. which I, I, there's really nothing like that even on this card. So, yeah, like Timon Honda uh, after his big push, like when he was yeah. like, over, and then, and then after that, oh. he just totally gave up <laughs> hope pretty much. Or like the Dark Agents. Did you see any of their tag matches? Were you a big fan of theirs? I, uh, <laughs> no, not a big fan. But, one thing that I do think is, is worth noting about old Noah is that, like, uh, you know, Misawa, his experiments didn't just uh, go to the junior division. He, like, proper, like, tried to, like, you know, match formulas. If you guys ever saw that tag match, I think it's Shiga and Akiyama versus Ogawa and Misawa. 
It's after Ogawa beats Akiyama for a title. Yeah, and, yeah, I and do remember thing, this. Yeah, and the thing is, like, Misawa comes out first, and Ogawa's making his entrance. Shiga and Akiyama, they jump Misawa, they get him out of the ring, and then they get him over his door, and he'll lock him out. <laughs> and then yeah. it's a two-on-one thing, and then Misawa has this big dramatic thing, he runs back in. <laughs> this is amazing, I love it. See, I mean, they, they were, he would try all sorts of shit that they would never do in all Japan. I mean, just yeah. the focus on the junior division in general, obviously, they never do in all Japan. I mean, like, the first time they started letting, like, they, the, the GHC junior tag team titles used to headline shows. Like mid level yeah. shows, like that. I remember Marafruits and Kenta against, like, uh, I think it was like Ricky Marvin and Sua, which is one of my all time favorite matches. That was the main event of that show. Like, he had enough huh. faith in them to like draw in a 3000 seat building, which, you know, just not even the GHC Junior singles title, the tag titles. Yeah. So, like, there was just totally, totally different mindset from what came before. But yeah, I don't know. I, I love Classic Noah. I don't want anyone to think I didn't love Classic Noah. But like some of those undercards could get really fucking dull. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. It was a, a lot of fun. I do just want to say, uh, just to wrap up this whole thing on the show, is uh, what do you guys think of the Global League that they have set up here? I'm pretty pumped. I mean, you know, everybody, the good outsiders with uh, with Tanaka, Okabayashi, um, God, was there somebody else from the outside? Miyamoto. Oh, Miyamoto, thank you. I knew yeah. I was missing someone. Yeah. Um, but yeah, I don't... I mean, like... Did somebody, did somebody have the blocks in front of them? Because I don't have the... Yeah, I do have it right now. Uh, Cody, Cody Hall, Goshi Ozaki, Masakita Miya, Maybach, Mitsuya Nagai, Muhammad Yone, Naomichi Marafuji, and Yuji Okabayashi. Oh, damn, I didn't know, I didn't realize Nagai was coming in, too. That's cool. Nagai's coming in, yes. <laughs> Right. And they have blow off with Maybach uh, too at Block A. Yeah, that'll be fun. that'll be really fun. Yes. Yeah, Block B has Saito, Kotoge, Nakajima, Kazuma Sakamoto, Keno, Masato Tanaka, Quiet Storm, and Yuko Miyamoto. So that should be fun. That, that's a uh, Miyamoto yeah. versus match. I'm really looking forward to. I mean, Miyamoto, Miyamoto versus who? Kotoge. Oh and, yeah, that'll uh, be good. Keno, Nakajima. All those guys are going to put on some great matches, I feel like. Yeah. Well, listen, How do you feel? Like, I know, I know we're all excited for, like, Okabayashi and Miyamoto and all that, but really, I'm just looking for it towards the inevitable. Tanaka's going to win. He's going to beat everyone. He's <laughs> going to win a fictional title they create just for the Global League. He's going to get a ton of sushi in. It's inevitable. Oh. I've just accepted it. Yeah. <laughs> Tanaka is number one for getting sushi uh, in, after <laughs> I will say that. But yeah, I, I, it seems like to me, I, another thing I like about this tournament is that there's no obvious winner. I feel like they could go a, a lot of different ways. Like we talked about with Kotoge and Go, that would be logical that they took the tag titles off to push one of them. Nakajima, they could always build him up after his ace run. They clearly have a lot of him. Okabayashi, how great would that be if he got to win? Yeah, and someone I mean, that's, like, what, that's what I was thinking immediately, actually. Yeah, I think it would be perfect. It's a perfect year for him to win. Yeah, absolutely. Well, who was your last uh, guy you were going to say? I was going to say, uh, P- even someone like uh, Maybach and Kitamiya are always kind of bubbling under as no originals that if they want to go to, they are heavyweights that haven't gotten a title shot in a while. So that could yeah. be something. A lot I of would, different. I would just, figure. I mean, you, if they reward Maybach for the year he's had, that'd be awesome. Like, and then we could do a Maybach Eddie Edwards match. Yeah, I mean, it's just, it, it really, there's a lot of options. So you can do whatever I want. they want. 
I want Katoge to win. That's all I have to say about it. I'm picking Katoge and Okabe is what I want. I, w- I want a Kobayashi or Maybach, I think, are the two I want. And that what a fi- what a final that would be. Right? Because they're, oh, they're in separate blocks, right? They're in separate blocks. So like, what a fucking, what a fucking Maybach, final that would be. Maybach and Okabayashi are on the same block. They're block oh, they are? Oh, okay. So then who the fuck? Wait, so who's in block B? Who? Let me. You just did this. Let me think. So wait. So let me. Maybe. So first of all, that means we're definitely getting Maybako Kobayashi. So that's good. Yeah. But um, uh, let me think of a final. How about how about Maybach and? Uh, <laughs> yeah, maybe. Maybach and Kano would be awesome. Um, you could do like is Masato Tanaka's the other block, right? You could do Maybach Tanaka. Yeah. That's true. Wow. Yeah. Who do you, do you think? Who do I, oh yeah, who do you who do you want to win this, Connor? I want uh, I want the best man to win, and I think the best <laughs> man is uh, you know what? I think it will be Maybach Tanaguchi because, oh, yeah. like, I remember like I remember when uh, Kotoge was challenging. I was sort of faking over stuff where like. Uh, you know, because Togi would be fine, like to to beat Nakajima. You know, I agree with Dylan to an extent, but if Kotogi loses, then uh, you know, at this time, like Ed Edwards, he wasn't even on Madame, uh, <laughs> Madame, like Freeman Mains. Like I wasn't even thinking of him. I was thinking Maybach Tanaguchi. Once it, once he loses the uh, tag team tails of Marafuji, uh, he's just gonna go straight to the top. And you know, I think even if it was just like a thing where he lost here. Like after the global league winning, then uh you know it'd still be like worth like having, having maybe just like that test where like we could see like will people believe him as champion? Do people even want him as champion? Uh, but yeah, like this this just looks like stacks. Like I'm just like uh, hoping that uh, a lot of it makes tape um, because do we, do we know? If, so we so we don't know yet what's making tape and what isn't. I'm guessing. We don't know yet, and that's my concern, John. That's that's what keeps me up at night. I don't want to <laughs> wake up to find out that Okabayashi versus Kitamiya or Okabayashi versus Maybach has not made tape. That would I mean, me. that's the one for me that I absolutely fucking need to see. So, like, if that doesn't make tape, I'm gonna like, I'm gonna be very upset. <laughs> of yeah. all the matches on this fucking and this entire thing, I really need to see Okabayashi and Maybach. So yeah, if it doesn't make tape. You're a Japanese television executive, and you haven't been listening to this. Yeah. Onegaishimasu. Onegaishimasu. Please, no, I t- God. I tell you what, if, if, if it doesn't make tape, I'm going to phone up Nico Pro and tell him to fuck off. Uh, <laughs> I can take my money back. Not subscribing to that bullshit anymore. Didn't put on the match I liked, so fuck you. A shooter is on the premises on this podcast, ladies and gentlemen. that one. I want to see me matches in Block B. I want to see him face Kotoge and Nakajima. And I, I think I may be, uh, even though I totally criticized him a lot earlier, I think I may be like the world's biggest Go fan because I really, <laughs> but it's just there's so much that's not to like about him. But I think he, he's going to have great matches, and I, I, I am afraid he's going to win this. Though. <laughs> that, that his, match, his match, his main match, like I said, his match with Maybach I saw in in Tokyo when I was there was fucking awesome. So like I'm not trying to be a hater on Go either. He just stop doing Kobasa's chops. Yes, <laughs> you stop doing that right away, sir. You just stop well, hey, Dylan. Dylan, we've been through this before. You and I, we both love Goto, and uh-huh. underutilized the fuck. 
and he looks so pathetic in the booking, yet we still love him because we know there's something there. And I know there's something there with Go. He's not as good as Goto, but it's, it's still that sort of dynamic. And I just want him to not do the stuff that he's bad at. <laughs> yes, true, true. I totally agree with that entirely. Mm. So, that, I guess, will wrap up our discussion of Pro Wrestling Noah and specifically the Yokohama show. Um, guys, this was awesome. Thank you for both coming on. I had a great time doing this. Absolutely, and, uh, absolutely. Definitely have to do it again. It was a fantastic uh, time. I loved it. Yeah, I mean, I, I'm sure there's not, not a ton of Noah coverage on the Voices of Wrestling Network right now either, so I'm sure this helps. Mm-hmm. Um, yes. <laughs> happy to bring that. I'm so happy to bring back more Noah to VOW. Yeah. Yeah. So uh, next week, folks, uh, just to plug quickly what's going to happen next week on this show, J.R. Goldberg will be returning to the podcast. It was a uh, list- It's the first ever one that's a listener request. After we did the Hall of Fame episode, I think it was uh, Thoros on Twitter who was like, you can have J.R. Goldberg um, back, uh, back on the show to discuss the Mexican Hall of Fame ballot. And J.R. was like, sure, fuck, I'll do it. So that's what we're going to be doing next week. It's going to be me and JR. Uh, JR is going to break down the the Mexican candidates on the Hall of Fame ballot of the Wrestling Observer Newsletter. Um, I'm going to sit here and nod, basically, because I don't know anything about Lucha, unfortunately. But I'm going to give him the floor to discuss every candidate on that ballot. And then after that, since our Ring of Honor episode was so well-received, we're going to try to talk a little bit more Ring of Honor, too. So, you know, if you like the classic Ring of Honor stuff, we're going to get into that next week, too. But the main theme is the, the luchadors on this year's ballot. So definitely check that out. Guys, yeah, what do you guys want to plug here? I know, obviously, podcasts and Twitter handles and all that. Go, Connor, you go first. Plug some stuff. Uh, okay, my, my Twitter handle is at now, And I make good tweets, I think. <laughs> and uh, as well as that, I have like this website, uh, this Tumblr that I made. I made it for college, but it can just go for, go like for any of my rating, like about anything. Uh, it's called Works Journalism, and it has a picture of uh, t- generally Sumo Takada as a pe- profile picture. So please follow that as well. And uh, yeah, that's basically me. Dylan, what about you? First of all, John, I have to say that idea about doing Mexican Lucha Libre Hall of Fame candidates is terrible. I think oh. it's a terrible idea. Mm-hmm. Uh, I say that because I we I actually did a show that was just like that recently. Yeah, uh, I, I I know actually, and that's that's funny because somebody like I pointed that out to somebody, but I don't know. They really wanted Jr. to do it, so Jr. is awesome. I'm, I'm actually going to be listening to that. I think it should be a great show. I really love Jr.'s commentary and the things that he writes for VOW, and he's a great great voice. And it'll be nice to have a different perspective on it, honestly. Uh, mine had Fredo Esparza from LuchaWorld.com. And I guess that should plug my podcast there, the Lucha Talk podcast on MLW. We talk about Lucha on there. It's, it's very self-explanatory when it comes to that. And my other show, which is probably more known to people of the VOW universe, so to speak, is the Eastern Lariat with the man who is a big, big player at cagematch.net, uh, Striga, and we do shows every, every, pretty much every week. I think we're going to do a, record another show tomorrow, or uh, it'll be in the next couple of days, I think. But yeah, we always talk about all kinds of crazy stuff in Japanese pro wrestling. And I really love the show and love reaching out to all the people. So follow me on Twitter at DylanZeroSky, 
uh, I'll talk about lucha, Japanese wrestling, American wrestling. I really watch everything. Wrestling is my life in a lot of ways, and I, I love talking about that and anything you want to talk about. And also, just thank you so much, John, for having me on the show. I really appreciate it, and I, I love doing it. I love to come on again. Oh, you're welcome, and we'll definitely have you on again. Um, pretty much, I have, I've yet to have on a guest on this show that I haven't been late. Well, we're definitely going to have you back on because you're awesome. So yeah. there's no, there's, there hasn't been a bad guest yet. And I'm waiting for the one. I'm waiting for the one that's just like, wow, you fucking sucked. And <laughs> I'm never having you on again. But that wasn't this week. So, Connor, you'll be back for a third time. Dylan, you'll oh. be back for a second time. And we'll definitely do this again. Folks, of course, you can follow us at Wrestle Omakaze. So that's Wrestle O-M-A-K-A-S-E um, on Twitter. All we really do is tweet out, um, you know, the show and you know, it's just if you want to follow the show on Twitter, follow the show on Twitter. Um, yeah. You can follow me on Twitter at Chanshu in LA. I'm not going to spell that, so good luck. <laughs> um, but um, you really shouldn't follow me on Twitter anyway. My Twitter's fucking terrible. Um, that was great. <laughs> and you know, obviously, if you if you like the podcast, if you like Russell Omakaze, 